You are now tuned in to the real Coach JB Slap It Podcast. Last chance for me, will I make it, will I take it to the top, we gon' see, it's a last chance for you, last chance for me, it's a last chance for you, last chance for me, it's a last chance for you, last chance for me, will I make it, will I take it to the top, we gon' see, What up, what up, Real Coach JB here, man, special guest in the house on the Slapdick Podcast, um, coming at you on this fine Wednesday for our Whatever Wednesday segment with Spree. Um, got a special guest in on, in the house. I'll introduce in a second. First, let me get the quote of the day out the way. Um, there will be haters. There will be doubters. There will be non-believers, and there will be you proving them all wrong. Hey, man! There, like I said in the in the show and everything else, man. My favorite quote that's always on my wall: "Doing something someone else said you could not do, man." There's no better feeling in the world. So, um, getting into the day, man. I got a special guest on the show, Coach, one of my mentors. Friends, longtime friend, mentor, coaching mentor, uh, Margay Miller. He's the head coach at West LA Community College uh, in Los Angeles, a JUCO. Been a JUCO guy a long time. Um, so we'll give it up for Margay Miller in the house. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what up, Margay? I appreciate you coming on the show, man. Uh, just so everybody knows, he's a tenure track instructor at West LA Community College. So, if he says something, don't take it uh, too serious because uh, he's got a job unlike myself. So, uh, <laughs> title of this show, man, we're calling it uh, Colorblind, and uh, we're going to get into a lot of deep stuff. We know as we, you know how we are here. We're, we don't just talk football or sports. We talk everything, man. That's why it's called Slapdick. Um, Lakers Heat, man, to give a little update. Lakers Heat, uh, before I get into the show, uh, and the Lakers in the heat. I got to pay the bills. Manscaped, you know, is our sponsor today um, on the Slap Dick Podcast. 2020 has been a year of things happening that are completely out of your control. But there is one thing you can control, and that's shaving your balls. Our sponsors at Manscaped are here to remind you to do so. Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Spree already knows he his girl's been on his ass because his ass is like a 70s porn star, and he don't want to shave his shit. So his girl been on his head, and uh, Literally. He, he had to get uh, Manscaped. But, uh, in fact, listeners of this show will get 20% off free shipping with the code SLAPDICK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the promo code SLAPDICK. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns and shave that front trunk. Take your grooming game to the next level. So, look, get into hot topics. Uh, Lakers win last night. Heat are just a feisty group, man. They're uh you know, you know, Bam comes back. Uh, you know, I actually thought it hurt him because it hurt their spacing. No one, no one basketball, no one sports. Um, and you know, Margay and Spree talk; they're sports guys too. So I don't know. It just is. It's just a screwed up situation. I think Spolter is a hell of a coach. I just think Miami's just undermanned right now. I just I thought they were from the gate, even with Dragic. Um, Lakers should win in five. Uh, and Margay brought up a good point. Are we going to have a L.A. parade or are we going to have a fucking Zoom parade? I don't know. So, I don't know. Margay, you going to go to it if it is one? Um, I'm not really big for parades anymore. When I was younger, I'd, I'd go. <laughs> but, you know, you got to ask the question. With all these protests going on, people just get out there in, in an impromptu Stop. situation. Uh, Start tripping. Happen huh? Once the Lakers win, if they win it Friday night, are people gonna hit the streets Friday and kind of just gather and, and celebrate and blow off some steam? I know. 
It's just something you got to think about. And we used to have, they used to blow, you know, catch bugs and uh, cars on fire when uh, when the world was at normal back in when we were three-peating. So what are they going to do well, now? Shoot. Yeah, I, you, never, you never know. Some cats got a little bit more aggressive. <laughs> No, LA, LA, LA fans not, you know, the Laker fans not classy like the Clipper fans. Though. Oh, shit. Oh, man. Oh, man. man here we watch go. Pockets, watch, watch your wallets and all that shit if you don't go Oh, there. shit. Hey, well, the, Clippers is like the, the, the Clippers is the Washington Generals. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't got to worry about no Clipper fans out there, bro. You no, never you never have to worry about Clipper fans on Figueroa. Hey, hey Jason, one thing I, I want to know, man, has anybody seen Clipper Durrell? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Hey, I'm asking Marcellus. Do a wellness check on him. I'm asking Marcellus, man. I got to talk I'm, to. I'm, I'm gonna text Marcellus right now. Yeah, those freeway overpasses. I'm checking to see if I see him up there. <laughs> hey, Margay, it got so bad, dog. Doc Rivers changed his name, dog. This motherfucker changed his name the other day. He he, he going by Glenn Rivers now because he 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 know he can't have no name Doc in Philly with Doctor J. So he had to change his name. Better change his name to position assistant. <laughs> man, <laughs> shit, this dude, man, I I don't know. I I think I don't know. I don't know what you guys think. Lakers winning five, in my opinion. I just don't. I think Miami's depleted now after that because they played hard, lose by six. Um, and you know, I thought LeBron and AD were going to come out last night and kind of just assert themselves, and they didn't. Yeah, yeah. And they played horribly, and you're still up at half, and it's like. It's bad, man. It's not even really a contest. You know what I'm saying? One, one thing I'm looking at, I've been looking at since they've been back in the bubble. You know, LeBron is still LeBron, but he's got a lot of miles on that body. Hell yeah. It's like he's losing a step. Yeah, man. 30 what? Five now? 17 yeah, years? 17 years in? And you're talking about 10 finals? And all yeah, that. man. He's but played, he's played a lot of basketball, a lot of minutes, and he you know, yeah. hits the ground a lot. You know, he's yeah. got a good yeah. body and all, but yeah. – you know, he's not the same. Nah. Yeah, AD, AD taking, you know, taking the rest of that impact for him, though, you know. Uh, yeah, I see. That, that's a I, good combo right there for him. Yeah, I see AD, too, seeing like every other quarter, he's picking himself up off the ground. He's laying down there five yeah. minutes at a time. But yeah, Margay, Spree and Margay, you guys are old school uh, generational guys. I, I'm just tired of hearing LBJ and AD in the same sentence as Kobe and Shaq that's all I care about because these cats do not have what Kendrick Perkins calls killer in them they don't have that killer in them there is no Kobe and Shaq out there I'm just telling you because I even though Shaq couldn't shoot anything uh, but AD 611 the most dominant athletic cat on the court just me seeing him shoot threes and posting up on the perimeter just kills me like Take yeah. the game over, dog, and go to the free throw line. You wonder why they only had two free throws at halftime. And then you, you got to look at it too with Shaq and Kobe. Heck, they ain't even like each other. And they were right. dominating. Right. And when, <laughs> yeah. And when, yeah. And when Shaq and Kobe, like when they would play New Jersey, Philadelphia, when they decided <laughs> that, look, we're going we gonna to tear y'all apart, <laughs> they would just go out there. And, you, you know what they'd have done to this Miami team? Oh, dog. Yeah, they'd have been running clock in the second half. Those games would have been thirties. That's what I'm trying to tell people. I'm like, dog, why are these games even close? Like, it's so soft, dog. It's so it's pathetic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they don't they don't have the killer instinct. And you're right. I see LeBron getting frustrated at teammates. Yeah. Kobe might have choked somebody out. Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. And then LeBron want to want to want to run to the car, mad <laughs> after the game. He he ran out the court and shit like Friday. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is not, and plus, uh, Shaq and Kobe, they won three straight. 
AD and LeBron, they hadn't won yet together. <laughs> right. right. That's what I'm saying. That's why. I'm, that's what trips me out about this whole goat shit. I just can't. St- I, I I can't stand that stuff. Man, look, like people are c- coming out to me, Margay, with uh. So everybody knows on YouTube Live. I know you guys appreciate you guys watching. Uh, the pictures behind me on the TV. That's Coach Miller, man. Our days back at East LA Junior College. Um. Back in the day, man. That's that's also spree in that in those Elac pictures. If you if you can't see, um, yeah, spree. I'm still I'm still mad at you, man. You were spilling our water. Water boy was you, man. Uh, (laughs) Hell yeah! Okay, slap dick back then. Yeah, hell yeah! You know how that goes. Running around talking, running around talking, Polly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Came out the second round. Hell yeah. Shit. Hey, that's why I'm a Clipper fan. Right. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, before you go, I got some YouTube guys. I appreciate you guys in the, in the house tonight uh, on this special show. Uh, Lee P says, if Rondo wasn't playing, L.A. wouldn't be in the finals. Now, I, I don't go that far, brother. I, I don't go that far, but he does He does help them, but it's not. They're still in the finals, bro. He, he didn't – they weren't going to they, – they, they still win probably 4-2 to two in, those, in those series, so let's calm down. He, he's all right, but remember, he had two points last night. Calm down. Let's remember – they, they dodged the bullet. Clippers would have whooped Lakers' ass. Oh, man, get out that whole thing. <laughs> They dodged when the they, bullet. When did they when ever they beat the Lakers' ass? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I want to know that. Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas. Oh. But hey, well, last year the Lakers beat Golden State by thirty on Christmas. Oh, I know, I know. What happened there? Yeah, Golden State went to the finals and lost. <laughs> we got hurt. KD they don't get hurt. They don't. You know, the West wins again. So, right. Yeah. I don't know. So Christmas don't mean anything. Yeah, Christmas. <laughs> Christmas mean they was hung over Christmas Eve. Right, they didn't want to be there in the first place. <laughs> Especially if not fly over cross country if they weren't at home. Yeah, who the hell want to? Yeah, who the hell want to play on Christmas Day? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Monday night football, man. Uh, you know the Pats game gets pushed to Monday night, which was uh, which was crazy. They got up at six in the morning, caught some separate, two separate buses, two separate flights to KC to play. At a, on an early kickoff to get the game in before Green Bay's game, which was all crazy to me. Um, man, Cam Newton comes positive. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. what They haven't released why or how. Um, you know, he comes off, you know, Cam Newton's a Juco guy. Me and Coach Miller Coach, and Spree are all Juco guys. Uh, was this motherfucker out doing some stupid shit? I see how he dresses, so I ain't going to ever say he wasn't. But uh, Gilmore comes up positive today. Um, their best corner, and I don't know if you saw, he's hugging up on uh, Mahomes after the game, and then there's a there's a meme or whatever they call those things out floating around out there, and it's saying that Bill Belichick plays uh, checkers while everybody else plays chess, and, and that was a setup. He had that cat hug Mahomes, so Chiefs are done. Uh, Mahomes gonna get COVID, but yeah, you know what I'm saying. It'll be a new uh, COVID gate. Um, but I don't know, man. I'm not a proponent in this shortened season. And I had Darren Bates. I was on his show yesterday, and he was like, Coach, I have to tell you, I'm playing right now in the league, and I play for the Titans, and, and uh, you, calling J- you calling us JV football, man. That kind of fuck with me. I'm like, look, dog, I'm calling it JV football because of the situation. You got 69 cats that are out for the season, dog, because you guys came back to please your billionaire owners. And, you know, we had a real conversation. He was cool about it. And uh, 
he was like, man, I agree on that. I'm like, you guys have had more injuries than ever before, man. I'm like, I don't see how you uh, think this is real legitimate football. You got practice players playing at an all-time high right now off the practice squad. What do you mean it's not JV football? And you know, and you know what, Jason, what the NFL should have did? What they should have did is like, okay, we're going to play 16 weeks, but each team is only going to play eight games. And each team is going to play every uh, – so you, you got to buy after each game. Yeah. Now, if half the league is playing week one, half the other half is playing week two, and you keep going that way, at least you got two weeks in between each game for players to recover from injuries, yep. take less bruising, get in shape. Yep. If there's a COVID situation, you got time to isolate, recover. Because like you said, you go 16 weeks in the NFL <sighs> – and you go on, on that grind every week with one buy, so 17 weeks actually with one buy. That's a lot on the body, like you said. But the NFL could have been smart. I mean, the ratings would have been up if it's, if it's you know only eight. Make you wait, yeah, yeah. Make you wait. You play every other week. Yeah, you know, great recovery time, preparation, and all that. Because right now, the thing that's hurting the NFL and college, hell, can't nobody tackle. Oh no, it's horrible. And you know they're not trying to tackle in practice because you down bodies, you ain't you ain't banged, and now you yeah. now you out there trying to go full on and and uh, I don't know, man, it's bad. That's I mean that that's a good point. I, just like it's similar to what baseball did. I mean they cut their season by a third. I mean they went from 182 games to 60 or whatever, you know. So right, um, they should do that anyway on a regular. Nobody watching that shit. You know what, Mark? Game my thing. I know. You know, I couldn't even find the Dodger game last night in L.A. So the Dodger game, we can't watch Dodgers out here, even in the playoffs? I think it it might have been on ESPN, but it was on the same time. During nah, the it was the Yankee game was on. Oh, okay. That shit crazy. Won, I, 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 I told everybody I wasn't going to watch any baseball games because of how prima donna they were when they didn't. They should have played back in July, and they wouldn't be competing versus the NBA and the NFL right now. And But yeah. they didn't want to do it. All these, And they make more money than all the football and basketball. You know what I'm saying? And they still right, had right. a bitch and moan about it. Prima Donna. But anyway, um, I just turned it on. I was like, man, I'm, this Lakers game is pissing me off. Let me look and see the score of the Dodger game. And these motherfuckers, I couldn't even get the game. Like, I'm like, come on. We don't have the Dodger game in L.A. Like, right. <laughs> I, I don't get it. But you know what, Mark? My thing is about the football. Why did they not come up with a simple solution? Me and my boy Travis Johnson were talking about this. Why did they play on Thursday nights this year? They don't need to play Thursday nights. It doesn't make no sense to play Sunday and then the Thursday, those games that have to play on Thursday. It's yeah, killing it's too, them to me. Yeah, it's, it's too short a week, and they kind of should have went back to the networks and kind of renegotiated mm-hmm. because you are thinking about it. Let's say, for example, if the Buccaneers – and the Saints were going to play on Thursday night. Yeah, everybody want to see that. It's highly rated. But guess what? If the week before uh, Tom Brady and Drew Brees both get hurt, ain't nobody going to watch anyway. I know. Right. I know. I mean, who watched the who watched the Jets and whoever they played last Thursday? Oh, Jets and the damn the Bron- uh, Jets and the Broncos. I mean, Bron- yeah, yeah. I mean, who wanted to watch that game? Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. They probably should have just said, hey, you know what? Let's bypass Thursday for this year. We need to do Monday night. Yeah. Let's keep it on Sunday. Keep the recovery time up. And then but, just just the whole just double travel. I mean, it's just to me is like it's crazy. Risking you know, you start COVID. Looking at, you start looking at money. Oh yeah, money uh, grab. Follow follow, follow, follow the, the money. money. Hell yeah. Nah, we we need this money. I gotta get a new facelift for my wife. So I need this money. <laughs> I try to tell you know what I called out. I didn't call him out, but I'm like Darren Bates yesterday on uh, for the Titans. I'm like, listen. Be, be real with me. 
Is your bank account less now than it was a year ago? Because you guys are on Zoom instead of being in minicamp and OTAs and you guys out spending money because you have it and chilling with your homies and et cetera, et cetera. And then the young players, you reason you didn't opt out is because you don't have the money, finance, uh, account managers, and everybody that those veterans that did opt out do have or just basically the experience of, that they have compared to you youngsters that have already gone over and spent money and bought the homies an apartment and a car and they and they people's car and they get mama a house they gotta play dog they fucking broke you need to recoup all that yeah shit. but the veterans 10 years in they got kids wife family money managers they got you know they on e-trade shit they they like i ain't gonna play this year and so you know it's just he, he started laughing dog he was like shit I, I said the reason you guys are getting hurt because even though you say that you guys are professional you can't tell me that you didn't leave a zoom meeting and go straight out to work out. You didn't. You can't tell me you did that. You went to the mall. Right. You went chilling, dog. You went to Cabo. You didn't go from Zoom meeting to a personal trainer. But it's it's different without the structure of a practice environment. And you know how that is. Yeah, you know. And, and think about it too. And let's just keep it real. Let's roll the sleeves up. <laughs> like Jason, you said it. You said guys had to play. They got this expense, that expense. Man, what does that remind you of? Sharecropping after slavery. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I just told everybody they gotta please the billionaires, dog. Yeah, so and that and that's what that is. And and guess what? They don't care who's in those uniforms. No. Everybody in the NFL is about the logo and the brand. Yeah. And I try to tell people sixty nine cats got hurt. I said, I'm glad I'm ho- I'm I hope you guys uh get a re up contract because them other owners don't give a shit about you. You just risk versus reward to me is why I call it JV football. The risk outweighs the reward for every single cat out there playing. And the owners don't give a shit. The owners are only get reward. They don't have zero risk, dog. Their risk was trying to get the T V contracts to buy into this COVID season. And then look at look at what the colleges did opposed to the NFL. The NFL, they gave a start date for camp. Everybody show up, work out. Mm-hmm. In college, they were like, nah, you coming back in June, and you're just going to work out with the strength and conditioning coach until we can practice. Yeah, so right. The guys in college had a chance to get in better shape, and mm-hmm. you're, you're seeing less injuries in college. Yeah, less injuries. And, yeah. and you know, you could argue that it's less talent in college, too, because it's 60 right. All-Americans and 101 that opted out for the draft and – you got a lot of right. things. So that's why that's the only reason I'm calling it JV football. And that's a whole discussion in itself. But you know, like I said, me and you both have a lot of players playing. And I want to see them play, of course. But, shit, at the same time, man, they're pleasing billionaires too. It, it might not be owners, but in, in a sense it is owners because it's still the coaches and 90% or 80% man, brothers play and 80% white coaches coach. So Actually, when I was in school, we did the study, uh, football and basketball at these institutions, Division one, they bring in seventy two percent of the school's income. Oh yeah, no, I was trying and, to tell people that they, they still want to fight me on it. Oh yeah, no, they don't. Think about it though. <laughs> another, another break they get, for example, I watched. You can watch Alabama play on CBS, and the game will last three and a half hours. Mm-hmm. You know that's three and a half hours of free publicity. Yeah. You know how much? How much is a three and a half hour infomercial on the Super Bowl time Saturday afternoon or on the Super Bowl? Yeah. Man. And then you, Alabama, you're playing. You got a free commercial, and they're giving you a few million dollars. Oh yeah, you're getting million dollars, and don't be in the on the in the BCS championship game like every year. Oh, and man, and people, year, you, I don't know, Margay, cats be arguing me about teachers. Oh well, teacher, I said first of all, teachers don't recruit the campus; they don't recruit their chemistry lab teach uh, students. Yeah. Football coaches recruit their chemistry lab students, and I said secondly, 
you being in the BCS, being in a Power 5 conference, still get TV contract money and still get BCS bowl money. I don't give a shit if you're at Rutgers or if you're at Boston College. People don't realize, oh, we're shitty. It doesn't matter. You still get a part matter. of the pie, man. And, and the next person that said that, that's an employee or a teacher at the school. Oh, yeah. You just point out. Well, who bought that office you sitting in? That's what I try to tell people. In your computer lab, <laughs> in, your math com- in your computers, in your math lab. Those unlimited resources you got. Yeah, who got? And guess what? Those alumni donations, they only come in when the team is winning. Uh, yeah, their boosters are football. Dog, uh, Margaret, I did a study, man, in my Kinesis class. 91% of foot, are boosters that are football boosters are the main suppliers of any outside funds to every university in the Power Five. In the Power Five. Oh, yeah. So, come and on. That, yeah, and that's how you get, like, for example, I think the state of Florida, public employees are capped at, like, 250 grand a year. Yeah. So who do you think is paying those coaches' salaries? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. How, how, how was Willie Taggart making $17 million? That They had to pay Willie $17 million to leave. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so you, know, you know they got money down there. Come on, and man. They spend it on the sport. And if you weren't any good, guess what? You <laughs> wouldn't be getting that money. <laughs> uh, it's it's crazy. Uh, listen, I'm take your take on this, man. Stephen A., ESPN has some of the most hypocritical um, analysis, uh, analytics, and everything else down there. From from Stephen A. to Max Kellerman to damn Kendrick Perkins, man, I tell you, it doesn't. Whoever's hot that night is the goat. So like, yeah. uh, J- Jimmy Butler was the best player in the world two days ago, and now he's horrible. That shit is crazy to me. How Kendrick Perkins tweets out shit, but anyway, Stephen A. came out and said, uh, Wentz. Pump your brakes on Wentz being horrible still because his whiteout crew is depleted. And I'm sitting there thinking, I truly now believe that none of those cats on ESPN know anything about football. Even the ex-players. Because you know, as well as I do, Margay, most ex-players that played at that level are the worst coaches we ever coached with. So let's be honest. They're sitting there because of their name and can't even really dissect the truth. Of a, of, a, of a game. But they're saying Wentz has no receivers, so let's not judge him too harshly. I'm, I, I've been saying he's the second most overrated quarterback in the league for the last three years, um, right behind Baker Mayfield. But <clears throat> why does Aaron Rodgers, why is his wideout crew, that he's expected to do great things with them, though? This motherfucker got two practice squad wideouts, a backup tight end, and... And and De- and Devonte Adams has been out for three weeks, and this dude is still doing what he's doing. They're four and zero, leading the, leading the league in offense, and so now that's that's just expected of him. But Wentz gets a pass because his wideouts are shitty. Come on, dog, it shit blows my mind, and he does that all the time. So I I, I don't know. And, and to me, the defense for the 49ers, the whole defense is hurt, especially their D line, and uh, he was still average in my opinion. And still, they're trying to say, oh, that was the wins we expected. <laughs> they didn't have Bosa, homie. He didn't walk in the yeah. end zone if Bosa's playing. And plus, you know, 49ers, as you know, quarterback guy, offensive coordinator guy, 49ers playing zone. Yeah. So, oh, there's holes in that defense. It ain't like you got to get a guy that'll separate from press man the whole game. And Richard ain't 24 no more. Yeah, exactly. He ain't so, even playing anyways right now. So, yeah. so if your line, ain't getting, your line ain't getting to him, you fuck back there in the zone, huh? Yeah. Yeah, well, the bottom line is, like Jason said, he made a comparison to Aaron Rodgers. Dog, if you a baller, you a baller. Yeah. You're going to make it happen. Think about it. LeBron went to a bunch of championships, 
with dudes that Shitty. was playing rec ball right yeah, now. Yeah. I mean, J.R. Smith, he's still having he, – that's like I, – I call that shit like uh, me and Spree going to the barbershop, like meet the homies. Like LeBron just keeps J.R. Smith around because he's the homie. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're the yeah, homie, yeah. dog. You want to get a ring? Just come chill with me. Him and Deion Waiters, both. You're the homie. You get the homie uh, love, dog. Like, come on, homie. The thing, the thing about it, Carson Wentz was really all that good. Why every time he get hurt, they either go to the Super Bowl or they like one drop pass away from going to the <laughs> NFC Championship game. Right. But when they got him, they, they could barely get in the playoffs. They barely get in. That's the, the problem. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. It's just crazy how they so quick to judge one dude, but the same exact shit is with the other one. But, like, just so we're clear, Russell Wilson has had no wideouts probably until this year comparable to Mahomes. Um, these do give, give Russell Wilson, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins. Now this year he's good. He's got, you know, he's got two great wideouts in my opinion. They're pretty good, but he hasn't had that for a while, man. So I, I don't know. Look at, look at Tom Brady. I've watched their games oh, every other week. Shit. It's like three or four receivers you throwing to. I ain't never heard of. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> they weren't even playing last week and he's still mm-hmm. throwing for five touchdowns over 300 yards. That's a dude. That's a baller. That's, you know, yeah. Right? He's got a guy. Yeah. And Evans came back. So Evans is a dude, obviously, and so is uh, who's a Godwin? He's pretty legit, or whatever his name is. I but believe got Godwin's missed some time. Yeah, he's hurt, and so is Evans. Yeah, they both hurt. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they got guys out there that. And then it's New England time. I mean, besides Randy Moss and Chad Johnson for a minute, and a a b for one quarter. Uh, you know, think about it. He was throwing to to me. A bunch of white motherfuckers running around slow as shit, balling like shit. Just think about it. When he had Amendola, he made, <laughs> yeah. he made that do a lot of money. Yeah. Now, does anybody know Amendola is playing in Detroit? Right Detroit. Now? Nobody knows. Playing. Detroit, dog. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> he was with the Rams, remember? He, yeah. he makes things happen. Yeah. yeah. If the QB can't get you the ball, shit, yeah. you ain't shit, huh? Hey, dog. Well, yeah. You don't, yeah, don't know how to do it. Yep, you're right. <laughs> I mean... Hey, dog, KCP ain't never had a year like this. Now, all of a sudden, everyone claps to LeBron. LeBron getting his cat wide open looks. I mean, yesterday he had his best game ever probably as a professional. I mean, shit. AD, the same shit, though. Same shit for the AD. Well, AD's always balled statistically, yeah, but, but never had, sudden, never been to a finals. Super, yeah. Now he's yeah. super Kobe, super uh, Mamba and shit. I hate that shit, dog. You still you. You got LeBron, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, that's about that show you yeah. how great That's how great he is. Yeah. yeah. Ten is, finals. Yeah. He's been to more finals, dog, than like 17 franchises. Have you believed that shit? <laughs> that's crazy. That's a crazy stat. And the Clippers are included in that, by the way, Spree. Um, <laughs> He's he been to more finals than the Clippers have been to conference finals. He ain't even, Clippers ain't even to a fucking conference final. Um, finals and the Clippers been in the playoffs. <laughs> Damn. All right, that's enough. That's enough of this. Hey, Margay, so let's talk. It's free. I got Margay, you coach, obviously, coaching a lot of kids over the years. I mean, shit. Uh, yeah. I talked to uh, Bates yesterday about it. I said, man, my boy Margay coached Delaney Walker, who's your guy's tight end. He's hurting and shit. And he was like, oh, yeah, Delaney, I know he's a West Coast guy. Yeah, Junior Kyle's got Mount Sack. But uh, Dwayne Haskins was benched today. I don't know if you guys heard the story. Um, I did. After six starts, I mean, are black quarterbacks on a shorter leash than white ones? I, I, you know, my thing is, is there a difference between Dwayne Haskins? Because just so we know, he was, uh, I think he was 23 of 33 for 313 yards and lost um, in his last start and was benched. Um, 
he was much better, much better stat line than Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I'm not, I'm not out here just to compare, but I, I, Fitzpatrick's 37. He's been on 11 teams or nine teams in the NFL. And uh, he's had every opportunity to fail. Dwayne Haskins doesn't even get an opportunity to fail. He gets an opportunity to, you know, I don't know, man. I, I like Rivera. I thought, I, you know, are we judging Rivera because he's one in three? Is it time to fire him? I mean, it's Boy, the that, same shit to me. That, that Dwayne Haskins, that might come from the top. Because and and it's sad because Rivera didn't the draft him. You, yeah. The position you drafted him in, yeah. you're saying this is our guy, this is our future. Yeah. So why would you give up on him and ruin his confidence? Mm. And two coordinators in two years, yeah, two coaches. Yeah. You, you waste unless unless you're trying to tank so you can get Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. But right. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of so at time. Well, coaches too could be on his charter. Oh like yeah, no, well, yeah, well, yeah, that's too. that's next. Yeah. Yeah, but uh. Yeah, he's probably scrutinized, you know, a little bit harder. He's a younger guy, so mm-hmm. you know, he might not have. You never, you never know what's going on behind the scenes. Is he like Tom Brady going to get in there at five thirty in the morning? Right. You know, Cam Newton's doing. Yeah. Yeah, they probably expecting a little bit too much too early. And you said you got different coordinators. Mm-hmm. Plus, the team ain't no good. No, I know. Right. I know. I mean, yeah. So that's the- and and Rivera brought over uh, Kyle Allen. Who was in? Who replaced Cam Newton last year in Carolina? So he coached Island, and right. then he brings him over with him to Washington, and he was named the starter today. So it looks kind of weird. About, think about this too, Jason. Isn't North Turner the offensive coordinator? Man, I don't know if he's there again or is he? He's been around shit. Yeah, dogs. Let's look that up because little kid. You know, sometimes that old school scheme yeah, is it, not relevant no to doubt. today's no athletic doubt. today's quarterback, right? Like, you know, we were at East L.A. Right. We were running like a West Coast offense. Yeah. Now, we don't run that now. Right. It's not conducive to today's football, and, and that could be some of the problem, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. You're right. Um, you know, Josh McDaniels, he gets Cam Newton. He adapts and overcomes and figures out, okay, you know, Harbaugh is OC, or I think who is it, Greg Roman, or I don't know who it is anymore. But yeah, it's Greg Roman. You, you yeah. know, you 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 get Lamar Jackson, and now you're in. You know, you're in thirty-two personnel, running tr- midline triple, and because yeah. you got a guy that's a freak. I I think Kyle Allen's legit. I don't care. Uh, I always tell people, man. I said, listen, the best player is going to play. I said, I can tell you right now, we've we've never played that politic crap. But I think Kyle Allen is a baller. I think Dwayne Haskins needs a little more maturity and growth. I think he's got a big arm. I think he has upside, obviously. Um, I know Urban Myers vouches for him. But, uh, you know, uh, man, I mean, it's crazy how, in my opinion, I mean, you know, the head coach at Detroit Lions, I mean, look at him, man. You know, uh, Caldwell was, was, was much better and yeah. had a shorter time frame, yeah. you know, than this cat does. And now he's he, this guy's horrible and continues to stay on his job. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I would hope it's not that way, but, you know, you, you don't have a black owner. So, I mean, it's not, it's yeah, not hard to and say. Thing, and thing about it is, well, number one, you don't have a black owner. But, hell, every owner alive was living during Jim Crow. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> I don't think – I don't know any owner that ever – that uh, right. stood out and spoke out against Jim Crow when it was happening. Right. Not yeah. Jerry Jones. Every owner. Craft. Yeah. Stood by silently, or they just. But we know they benefited from it, so you know what they think. And then, as far as these young quarterbacks, 
I think sometimes when you bring a young quarterback, I think the Bengals did it too. Like if you bring in Haskins from Ohio State, right? I think the first thing you should do is talk to the offensive coordinator at Ohio State right? and say, let's incorporate some of the things he did well mm-hmm. into our system with the Redskins mm-hmm. until he could figure more things out and get maybe 30 starts or something. But you got to incorporate some of the things they did well that made you want to draft him in the first place because then you could be fitting a, you know, a, a round hole into a square, square peg. Yeah, yeah. This ain't going to work. Right. And yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying, man. I, I don't know. It's, uh, it's just weird, man, how that's, how that works because, um, you know, I think the stereotype, oh, well, he just going to run around and, and anyway, and throw the football, you know, when he's, when he can, I mean, you know, there's just, there's just that we've always had that connotation, man, that stereotype. Is, he a runner? is Haskins a runner? No, not really. He's not a nah. guy at all, Mm-mm. but if you take a look at okay. it, um, He's probably the only young quarterback that doesn't run any RPOs. I know, I know. I mean, they're running straight the West Coast. Doing, yeah, look at what the Chargers are doing with Hubert. They're running some RPO mm-hmm. kind of things and Oregon stuff. You know, he he's not winning, but he's right. not self destructing. Nah, yeah, and he's thrown for three hundred three weeks like, in a row or something. Yeah, looking Confidence like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nine hundred and fifty-one yards in three weeks, the most ever by first three stars. But they're look at what they're incorporating in the system to help them. Look at what the Bengals incorporate into the system. They run, they run all that empty like they did at LSU. And yeah. It's, it seems like they're doing a lot more, you know, to help them. They say, okay, this is what you did well. Let's do this until we can figure more stuff out. And let me ask you this. Why do you think it's so opposite, polar opposite in college? Because in my opinion, it's crazy now. It goes back to what we're talking about, Margay, like, College coaches don't have the same pressure to pull a quarterback because the quote unquote black quarterback is the athlete and college offenses are more suitable to run the quarterback and triple options, different things to save coaches, in my opinion. Um, we're in the NFL. Uh, well, you're out. Boom. We, you know, that's why we run draw on third and long because it's a statistically, <laughs> it's a statistically safe league. And so we're going to be statistically safe. And unfortunately, I think that. Uh, young brothers get destroyed into the stick, man. And just like coaches, it's just crazy. I mean, shit, we we just got our first female, black female AD in the SEC. First one ever yeah. at, at Vanderbilt. So, I mean, like, it's 2020. So, I don't know. Uh, Margay, I know. So, this is the thing, Margay. I know you were talking about uh, Margay. So, everybody knows Coach Miller, West LA Junior College. Um, check him out. But he... Uh, He's uh he's he's beat cancer, for everybody know. Uh, he's done a lot of great things, man, and, and came a long way and done a lot of things. Played at UNLV. Uh, who was there with you, Coach? Mark uh, Keenan Mark McCardell. Keenan McCardell was right next to him in the locker room. Uh, we had Randall Cunningham. Randall Cunningham. Icky Woods, Woods, Shook Knight. Yep. Oh, yeah. The Maloof <laughs> brothers. The Maloof Damn. brothers, former owners of the Sacramento Kings, all played with you, huh? Yeah, we had an interesting locker room. We had a lot of other good players that, you know, moved on, did some good things. A lot of them doing good now in their personal life. Yeah. So I was, I was pretty fortunate to be around those guys. We had some, you know, our coaches were pretty good, too. And, and believe it or not, most of our coaches, a lot of them came from the JUCO ranks in Cali. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, so they had a – I think they had a little bit more patience with us. Mm. <laughs> having that JUCO mentality. Plus you had Tarkanian there, dog. Yeah, we ate Cartanian. That probably took some heat off you guys. Oh, yeah, you weren't (laughs) having Larry Johnson and shit running around. Yeah, 
they weren't scrutinized as much. But, Hell no. Uh, yeah, play, play with a good group of guys. Have, you know, some good players, some good competition. I want to know what the difference is of the cars you guys drove on the football team and the cars the UNLV basketball team drove <laughs> at that time. That shit would be – we should write a book about that. Because I know Ed, o, Ed O'Bannon in high school had a Lexus, and he was already going to UNLV, dog. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Well, let's just say allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> To a lot of things, and I got my first car. What eight months after I graduated from college? All right, no doubt. Shit. Yeah, so yeah. I was walking. A lot of other teammates were walking, or they were watching uh, a, a, a car. But in, in some cases, a little bit different. You watching Anderson Hunt and Moses Scurry roll by you in the bins? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's a little R- RX7 was the choice back then. RX7, Suzuki, Samurai. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, so. Yeah, I don't know how those tall guys got in those RX-7s, but, you know, some of them got in them. So I got to add. The Mazda RX-7? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Mazda RX-7, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. That was my first car. Oh, yeah, so. 79. <laughs> Damn. It was a little different, but it was a good experience, you know, the school and everything. It was it was kind of conducive for us. It kind of right. fit us pretty good. So it was a good environment for us to be in because we didn't really do too. The city wasn't what it is now. So the bills and whistles wasn't fully that way. So a lot of our stuff was centered around campus. We didn't really go into town like that, even though you could walk to the strip. But, right. you know, kind of the only time we really would go to the strip if somebody from L.A. would come visit us, family or something. Mm, yeah, so it wasn't like it was kind of like a separate world for us. Mm-hmm. But it, it was good. One thing about UNLV, I will say the reputation wasn't as great, but we had a good academic support staff. Really? I mean, they yeah, they really you know, Dr. Nixon, who's retired now, they really yeah, they really put in emphasizing the coaches I played. I played for Harvey Hyde, I played for Wayne Nunley. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nunley ended up going to coach twenty some years in NFL as a D line coach. And uh, for you Harvey coaches Hyde, out there who don't know who Wayne Nunley is, yeah. uh, he created what's called the uh, hike stick, and it was for jumping off sides. It was a football on a broomstick, and basically the coach just hikes it. When that thing moves, you come off the ball. Yeah. And he sold that yeah. to the NFL, and uh, some say it got probably got shorted because the NFL, of course, bought it for a certain amount of dollars, and now they own the patent. And you know, right. Wayne <laughs> kicking himself right now. Yeah, and Harvey Hyde, he was uh, he would do like the pregame show for USC for years. Yep, yep, he was at SC, uh, Pasadena guy, yeah. no? Yeah, he was actually when I was coaching at Pasadena City, he was actually back there, and he was teaching a class part time. And I talked to him after I walked through on Fridays. Damn. And those two guys, you know, I thought they did a good – looking back on it, you know, they, they did a good job with us as far as, you know, Harvey Hyde would tell me he would take kids and the administration would get on him. Like, why are you bringing those kids in? Mm-hmm. But Harvey Hyde was kind of like, well, look, a lot of these kids, if I bring them in, even if they don't graduate, by the time their kids come up, they will at least understand how college works and they can better help their kids. Yeah, yeah. And he was right because a lot of my teammates, whether they graduated or not, they had kids went to college and graduated. Mm. So he was kind of visionary and he was kind of, you know, he, he kind of looked out for us. Mm. You know, he looked out and he kind of, you know, he did the best he could with us. And, you know, yeah. of kids were not perfect, but I thought he was, both of them I thought did a good job with us. And look, and while we're on education, you know, on the show, I'm actually on the show quoting, uh, saying that I believe that's my personal opinion. I know just so uh, everybody out there knows, Coach Miller has a, an uncle named Dr. Jarman, who was a head of Referee Association in California for a long time, doctorate, uh, Ph.D., 
So obviously education in Coach Miller's house runs deep, and uh, you know he he as well is an educator. But I I'm more so speaking to the 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 black kids, the black community, the kids that I coach, the kids Coach Miller coaches. I think that it we have to teach how to play the game, not games, but the game, because at the end of the day, not only are these kids being taught some wrong shit in my opinion, especially in the history, but uh, I just think that the piece of paper that they get is uh, nothing more than a um, the most expensive printed paper that they'll ever have, man, with the loans they have to pay back for, for something they may not have never learned. Because I can tell you, I never learned shit in high school or college. And I, everything I learned was hands-on, experience-based, and that's just my opinion. And the life we live is, uh, is not really judged on your intellect, but on how you are with other people um, and how you treat them. That's just my opinion, but... You know, I know as educators, and I know I got a couple degrees behind me, and, and just like you, and hey, we we have to get that to and and, and preach it to our kids to get it because, uh, as you know, that's the only shot they have to get into the front door to even interview uh, is have that piece of paper, which is unfortunate. But like Spree was saying, his kids uh, diagnosed special ed, and he's got a son, and, and Coach Miller's coached, uh, taught special ed and is in that field. And I've, and I've coached nothing but fucking special ed kids my whole life, right? So um, our best players are special ed shit. I'm, I'm ADHD, ADD, spree is probably bipolar as shit. I don't know. Um, but, you know, where do you stand on that, Margay? You think that nowadays the education is really – right now speaking, I'm, I'm just got to be honest – this 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 Zoom shit is a, is is a slap in every kid's face in America, in my opinion. But what can they do? I mean, is it a, you know, I know we have our own conspiracies out there that school ended at the same time. It's probably coming back at the same time because everybody's going to get a damn vaccination at the same time. But um, it could also be a reason to you know try to get people out of there. And we already know teachers are most underpaid as it is, and and have to deal with cats. Throwing erasers at their back while they're turned around, and the right. parents don't even check them like they used to. So, right. you know, I always say you either coach it or you allow it, and we're we've allowed it as coaches, parents, everybody in the last probably twenty years. But I don't know where you stand, man. But I just think the education part, uh, especially for the inner city kids, have just gone to shit. Well, this thing, uh, of course, it comes down to everything else: resources. Yep. You know, and resources aren't allocated. Now, we can get into later why they're not allocated to these schools, but it extends to racism, no doubt about that. <laughs> but when we get the kids, we like you said, we have to kind of uplift the kids. We got to teach them about what goes on in the future once they leave school. Now, for us, our kids do well academically. Uh, but right. I tell a kid in a minute, look, you're not going to take a bunch of loans to go to college. Right. Now, we've been saying that forever. Yeah, go to the smaller schools like NAIA. They have about five or six schools recruiting them. I say leverage them. Let each school know how much you're getting. That way you'll get more money. Now, we probably raised over a million dollars in scholarship money just at my time at West L.A., my first 12 years there. And the last nine years, about nine years ago, my first kid started graduating. So we have 88 former players the past nine years that graduated college mm -hmm. that phd master's bastard and i would have been over 90 because we average about 10 a year but the pandemic slowed it down so i got about eight or nine graduating this year i got about another 40 kids still in college so you know it's very rare for our team gpa to be under 2.6 during the season mm -hmm. i don't think i've ever had a year where i didn't have double digit amount of players on the honor roll now we want to get 60 kids 
Right. Uh, we don't get a lot of kids. And the shame is we might lose a kid that will go to another school, but then the kid comes back because <laughs> it didn't work out. Well, <laughs> hell, they've been in all PE classes. No shit. And then we get kids, sometimes they'll leave our area, go to another school, and they come back to graduate. I think a lot of these coaches, and you're not one of them, will have a lot of respect for you, Jason, because whatever they were saying about you, <laughs> you was cussing coaches and kids out for kids not going to class. Yeah. So, equal asshole, equal opportunist asshole. Yeah, so, you know, you, you had a strong emphasis on, you know, you're here to get education, you're going to get an education no matter what kind of player you are which I could really appreciate that. But I got that from you, Margay. Shit, I mean, just seeing you, how you operated, you didn't let kids play, even though the head coach, it wasn't even the head coach's role. If he, Coach Miller was an offensive coordinator as I was a young coach coming up, and uh, I saw, you know, if you're a good coach, like I tell people all the time on my football coaching show, coaching is a thieves game, and you need to steal everything you can from everybody and massage it and turn it into your own. And I said, I used to take a lot of things from Coach Miller, um, being at East L.A. Junior College years ago, shit, 15 years ago, and I would see it. You know, even though the head coach didn't have the rule, he put his own rule on his side of the ball. Like, you got bad grades, you ain't going to do it. You say the N-word, take your ass running around the track. You know, he was teaching things to young black kids and Polynesians at an age where, um, you know, I thought it was needed and at a place where it was needed. And obviously uh, you learn and pick up those things, whether it's by osmosis or – subconsciously or whether you write it down, you still gain knowledge from people um, and different people. So, and I tell coaches all the time, Margay, just like you probably would agree, go coach on bad staffs because you learn what not to do. Um, yeah, right. You know, and so not all staffs are great and, and, and ba- or bad, but you, you know, we, you coach long enough, we've been on enough uh, staff. So, um, but yeah, go ahead, Margay. I know uh, you were talking about that. And so, yeah, so just if, you know, if you got the head, everything comes from the top. So if you got a head coach that's pushing academics and telling the kid what you're going to be, and all of our kids that graduate from college, well, you've seen our hallway. It's filled on both sides of the hallway, out the locker room, going to the field mm-hmm. of graduation pictures from universities. And the kids come from the same neighborhood as our current players. Mm-hmm. So, you know, symbolism is real big. That's why the hieroglyphics in ancient mm-hmm. Egypt was so big. So it, it's just into the kid's psyche. And then now when the kids come in, they all fall in line mm-hmm. because the upperclassmen let them know, hey, this is how we do stuff here. Yep. This is what coach expects. We're going to get grade checks. I used to actually have index cards with each kid's name on it. And I would have their, their assignments written down <laughs> from the syllabus. Mm-hmm. So after I meet with the kids at the practice, I would say, well, hey, Spree, what do you got to do in English tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And if the kid didn't have it, I'd clown him, get on him. Yep. Or Jason, when's your next math test? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. And then I would actually have these kids class schedule. They call me the hall monitor mm-hmm. on, a, on another index card. And I'm full time. So I'm at school all day, but I got release time. So I'm up on campus. Class start at 9.35. I get up there at 9.20. I'm looking for kids walking around. Because mm-hmm. they're supposed to be in class. I bet not see you at 9.35. Right. And in our next class, the other 10. So, so is, is what you emphasize with the kids but the kids you know they really appreciate it because it's like you know what and you get the same thing jason i know you do mm-hmm. how many kids are parents that you'd run into after you coach the kid or the kid will just text you look coach now i know why you did what you did oh yeah you made me that i am mm-hmm. uh, they still had that fondness and yep and i know you jason so the kids really love you but 
They see your sincerity and the parents do. That's why you're so popular with the people. And, you know, Matt, if you're a good coach and you treat kids right, you know how much free stuff you get? Oh, shit. When the kid make it? Right, right. <laughs> I, got a, man, I got a BM, I got an X6 BMW that my <laughs> wife drives. Hey, one of my former players, he was manager of finance. He wasn't even working at the company. Right. And he called them up and said, hey, my coach is looking to lease a car. Hook him up. Hey, Margay, you, you're going to trip on this because both of us share a common thing here. We both coach this kid. You coach him at ELAC. I coach him at Compton. Remember Victor? It's a big tight yep. end. He yeah. owns a big construction company, man. He did my whole damn backyard, bro. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> See what I'm saying? So, shit, I got, man. I got ex-players. They're my insurance agent. They're uh-huh. my gardener. Yeah. they handyman. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Ex-player. It's so deep. I could turn somebody else on. I mean, I do used to play for him, man. Just tell him you know me. <laughs> right. And, they go and, and, and show him love. But you know what? That's the beauty of it. Because coaching is about the relationships. You get a lifelong relationship. No doubt. With a, with a person. You look no at, doubt. and it comes full circle. I have players now who have kids in college, going to college, and just think, they call you up for advice on how to deal with a kid that's getting recruited. Right, no doubt. And you see the kind of parent they turned out. Right. Like, man, these guys turned out. These guys, yeah. This guy was this guy turned out to be something. So yeah, you're right. proud of the kids. And right. I'm, you know what? And I'm proud of all my assistant coaches. No doubt. Uh, Jason, I know we worked together East LA. You did good things. And the one thing about the assistant coaches that I have is funny because like when they coach with me, I'm the offensive coordinator, but I'm the head coach coordinator. I call the plays. But you know, the coaches do a great job. That's why we score so many points. But then when the coaches go on their own and start coaching. I always kick myself. I said, man, that dude better coach to me. I should have listened. I should have let him do more stuff. <laughs> nah, but that's, you know, that's a, that's a testament to you. Shit, cats leave you and learn things. And then, like I said, if you're good enough and you have that it factor, I think you massage it and turn it into your own, you know, and not try to be exactly like that guy, but at least try to take things, bits and pieces and, um, you know, shit, turn it into your own, man. I mean, that's just what it is. I, I don't know. We had some good dudes around us, and we had some some not so good ones. And you learn from both. I mean, in my opinion, yeah. and so uh, I just don't know. Think, just think one of your proteges. Just think the, the job you did with Narciso. Yeah, now he's Go winning titles. Graduated, yeah. great player for his quarterback. You mentored him. You know, you made he made me look good because you yeah. was coaching him. And then he goes to college. Now he's back at his alma mater, won a city title. Yeah, that's now crazy. All of a sudden, he's a great coach. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I mean, hey, yeah. hey, man, shit, hey, uh, doggy see, doggy do, man. Uh, yeah. You know, I, Spree, I know you're getting into this whole thing. Margay has a lot into it, too, but uh, I had an argument yesterday. Trump, Trump, this whole Trump deal with Spree, I know it'd be on, on it, and Spree's pretty much uh, as even kill as you can be with this gray area with it, but both presidential candidates, in my opinion, are screwed, right? I think we're both, no, we, that's the best the United States has to offer, which is a slap in our face. But number two, like, does anyone think he really got the corona or what? What's your thought, dog? Because I, I don't know. I think the debate was so bad, his PR company had to say, listen, you can't go fucking on no debate again, dog. You're going to go, you got COVID. I, I don't know. I, I, that's my opinion. It's free, but I don't know what yours is. But, you know, I know the people want to hear it. I mean, I don't know on that, man. I, ooh, I don't know. He, he's on his, uh, it's real. He's probably knowing now it's real. All that bullshit <laughs> he's putting out there. 
Or he's doing it as a PR you know stunt. He's doing it as a PR yeah. stunt. Yeah, shit. but I'm, hopefully he'll take that uh that bleach or whatever and shoot it up his arm to see, clear that <laughs> yeah. shit out. Well, well, they, <laughs> my opinion on it is I watched, I looked at, you know, just clips of the debate. I'm looking, I said, first of all, we don't have nobody in this country that's 45 year old, years old that want to be president. <laughs> I know. Right. Uh, no shit. <laughs> For one. What's the limit? Like 39? Can't, uh, we don't have nobody? Nothing. Kennedy was, yeah, yeah, nobody young that want to be president. Like, Fuck you know, you start looking at these guys. And then the thing about they yeah, they're debating, acting like kids. Oh, no, like six-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, and it's like, okay, you guys are not talking about, you know, any issues. That we're facing. What's going on. We're in a pandemic what? with a black and blue issue going on, and there's not yeah. one talk about it. And there's nobody discussing how the hell we're going to get this thing fixed and get back to our, the, being the number one country, which some people may have never been. But, you know, now we're like ranked number 10, dog. That's like Pete Carroll leave SC. SC goes from one to 20, out to top 25. That's how the United States did, dog, in a year, two years, yeah, or four years. It's kind of like, you know, we start talking about what's going on with the country. And, you know, the bottom line is, and I tell people, and, you know, there's no offense to anybody. But, dog, if racism was never invented, we wouldn't even have a country. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it yeah. wouldn't even be no United States of America. Or if it wasn't for race, it'd be, you know, the country would be called something else. Right. Everybody else would be doing something different. So we start talking about the foundation and the roots of this country. Yeah. That's what it's centered on. Everything is centered around racism, reminder of slavery. Think about it, we've been out of slavery 155 years. Why do we still have electoral college? That was put in place to protect the slave owners. That's how Trump got in as, as we speak. Yeah, he lost the popular vote, and that's how he got in. And I tell people a lot of times, that's when you start with the stuff Trump says. Okay, let's do the math. We have, a, since uh, the last midterms or whatever, we had about 157 million eligible white voters in America. Well, there's 29 million eligible black voters and about 29 million eligible Hispanic voters. So you can buy those. There's still like 100 million more white eligible voters in the United States. Mm-hmm. So you start looking at the election. You know who's going to be president? <laughs> who white people want to be president? Yeah. Oh, right, right. Because <laughs> yeah. the base split their votes. Or that's still good for Trump. Or if they say, you know what, like, you know, you had white women that flipped at the last election from Democrat to Republican in their vote. And, you know, Trump got enough for the electoral college. Clinton issue. Yeah. The Clinton issue. You look at 55 electoral votes in California. And that's the only reason Democrats ever got a chance because of California. Mm. But you have so many people that are saying, you know what, I'm going to sit out this election. But the weight, the, 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 the weight or the. How it's weighted, though, is a trip to me on these electoral calls. North Dakota still gets a vote, and it's way the same as California, a state of uh, 50 million to a state of, like, fucking 200,000. Uh, 200,000 white people in North Dakota. Like, come on, dog. How is that just weighted the same? The thing about it is, it, 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 the, the process has got people so leery. Because guess what? If you're in the fourth grade, when you vote for class president, the yeah. person that gets the most votes wins. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And why is that? API press, you know, back in the day for national championship, whoever got the most yep. votes won. Yep. Why is it on the left, the president, everything else is the most votes, but it don't come that way with the president. 
Because they got to have an out. They got to have a shady way of an out yeah, to get their guy in, the, the puppet in the puppet show. Think about it. Have you ever met or seen anybody on TV from Electoral College? Nah, never. <laughs> never. Ain't nobody posted nothing on social media <laughs> like, hey, look, dog, I'm about to vote. Right now. <laughs> I'm the Electoral <laughs> Coach. I'm, th- I'm 32. Yeah, you, have you ever seen that? Nah. You know, think about it. You have to. They might, the questions might seem sarcastic. But you have to raise the questions because in the universe, no problem has ever been solved without questions and answers. Right. And people have so many questions now. Why is this? Why is that? And no one wants to answer the question. They'll label you something. You're anti this, anti just because mm-hmm. you asked the question. Can't say nothing no more. Yeah. Presented some facts and it's like, yeah. that's like, the, that's like the, the dumbest thing I saw. And, you know, we got these presidents. It's like, it's like, okay. And I've been telling people, okay, what's going to change? Whether it's Biden or Trump, what's going to change? Because think about it. They all think Kamala Harris. Like, Kamala Harris ain't even black. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, people, well, my, my philosophy is black ain't a color, it's a state of mind. Uh, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> you got some people that's, you know, that's darker than tar, but yeah. they state of mind. Yeah. Hey, you got people that got passports from other places in South America that's blacker than me. Right. They got Caucasian on their passport. Oh yeah, they're European. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's a it's a state of mind. But you look at, and I tell people, look, we don't know who's gonna win. If Trump wins, then what? What are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. Don't sit here and complain. Because think about it, we you didn't, if you didn't vote, Street. don't complain. Mm-hmm. We all know about Black Wall Street, Allensworth, all these other black districts that were built. Guess what? They were all built when Woodrow Wilson was the president. And Woodrow Wilson, hell, he made Trump look like a Sunday school teacher, as racist <laughs> he was. And we built all kinds of business districts with him. He was he openly recruited for the Klan. Right. And he's the one that showed the movie Birth of a Nation and mm. all that kind of stuff. So he way worse than Trump or Biden ever was. And we still were able to prosper. Oh. So the thing yeah. is, you don't say, okay, I'm a vote and they're going to take care of me. No, that's not going to work. Hey, most people know you buy a politician anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. so no matter who the president, you vote or not, it's like, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. As far as black people, are you going to pull pull your resources and uplift yourself like our people did? Like, for example, let's say after slavery. Do you know those slaves walked out of slavery, and in about ten years, they had about twelve million dollars in the Freedmen's Bank. They're mm. saving their money. They they pooled their resources and they made things better. After slavery, they also pooled their resources. Like after slavery, say in 1866, the black illiteracy rate was 98%. Mm-hmm. So blacks got together, made their own schools, taught each other. 30 years later, 1896, you looked at the black illiteracy rate was down to 45%. That's the largest gain in the history of the world on literacy, any place ever recorded. Mm. But we started looking at it. They didn't say, well, we got a racist guy in the office <laughs> and we're doomed. Or we got a guy who we think is our savior, so we're good. It's like, no. They went to work and they Get said, out there and grind. Yeah. Quit sucking we're your teeth. Our, yeah, We're going to make our own communities and you burn it down like that black wall. We're going to build it back up and we'll mm. go someplace else. You know, we're going to keep it pushing. Mm-hmm. And I think we're so pacified with, you know, not wanting to do the right things all the time. That, that's my philosophy. Like, look, mm-hmm. 
Spree said the same yeah. thing. Spree said, "What are we gonna do as 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 black folks?" Like Spree was talking about that the other day. Like, man, we're not doing shit about it. Like, that's the cats want to talk, but you know, you got cats ruining your own your own. I told Spree, I'm like, dog, cats are throwing bricks through in Long Beach. I'm like, you ruining your own shit. I'm like, you know, what I'm saying, what are you doing? Yeah, and I think, and I think the other thing too, you know, protests, you know, has its place. To me, I think it's a little outdated because. Right. When you protest, you can have outside agitators come in and cause trouble. Yeah. Like so the, folks putting bricks, pallets out for you to grab shit. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing. Over the, yeah. yeah. The one thing that's going to work, man, forget a protest, dog. Let's boycott. That's what I'm saying. That's what I don't get. That's, that's, that's financially. Yeah. Boycott. That's what I told the, these kids hit in the Big Ten hurts, and huh? the Pac 12, dog. Hit them, hit them with. Think about it. If black folks just came out and said, now it's a reason, now check your memory bank. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's, how many times have you seen an unarmed black man get killed? Mm. Yeah, shit, I don't know. You know, you know why? Because they don't want to interrupt that shopping season making that money. That's when those companies go from the red to the black. So guess what? If black people just say, look, okay, next person that gets shot unarmed and that grand jury don't indict them and that dude don't get convicted, guess what? We're going to boycott Christmas. Yeah. I bet yeah. you see a bunch of grand jury indictments then. Yeah. Right. yeah. You know, Martin Luther King, after that church bombing in Birmingham, Alabama in 63, he wanted to boycott Christmas. Mm. He was talking about it, but some of the handlers, they, some other people, they talked him out of it. Mm-hmm. And, but that was the thing that, you know, he wanted to do. Yeah, you start boycotting stuff financially, some stuff will change. But me and Spree were talking about that, dog. We were like... That's why I thought, yeah, go ahead, that's why I thought the NBA was going to take the opportunity to, to kind of Say just fuck that, fuck the NBA with all these white owners and shit, and let's shut this bitch down, and, and try to hurt them. You know, use that platform and hurt them a little bit in their pocket, mm-hmm. and, and kind of create our own shit. Even like with the big three in Cuban, and we talked about it before, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, create something like that. It would, you know, starting with black owners and shit. Yeah. Well, you know, we we had it during the Negro leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had some of the best players in the world. Bob Gibson just died. Yeah. We gave all that up just so we could be spit on, yeah. have rocks thrown at yeah. us, death threats, the league club. And you know what they you know what they did after that? They went and took all and then think about it. We the best player all the Jackie Robinson. Yeah. Owner. What they did was they took all the stuff the black folks were doing and incorporated in their league. Yeah. Matter of fact, yeah. they took like there's Aoife Manley. She was a white lady. She co owned this team in New Jersey, like the New Jersey Eagles or something. She co-owned the team with her black husband, and they took a lot of their marketing strategy stuff. But then they put Issa Manley in the Hall of Fame, like in the seventies. Wow! Mm-hmm. Not even not, not even her husband. <laughs> oh, so they they'll take your stuff that you do, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, well, wait a minute. We could have kept our own, mm-hmm. and we could have been just fine, and we could have been making all this money and and doing doing what we need to do, mm-hmm. but. Sometimes, you know, you have that philosophy, the other man's ice is colder. Yeah. The other man, and they don't have your, they don't even have your best interest. And that's one thing if they demonstrated you they had your best interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they demonstrate they don't have your best interest at heart, you know, we got to look back and we got to think like, well, wait a minute. Well, what's going to happen to us? You know, we go to these leagues and they got these unwritten rules, only three or four to a team and mm-hmm. basketball, no more than two on two the back then. Losing. Yeah. Got yeah, unless you're losing two, and then if you're in the South, zero, and That's great. shit, that was what it was. I mean, if you watch, look at Glory Road, watch that movie, you know. 
Yeah. <laughs> nah, Jason, Jason, Jason is right. He's free. You're right. We, we, I think a lot of times we gave up too much. We kind of fell asleep during integration. And it just didn't happen in sports. I mean, it happened like Brown versus Board of Education. Mm-hmm. You know, with Thurgood Marshall was, was going for that case. Well, there was a case in South Carolina. I think it was the Briggs case in McLennan County or something. But they, with these black folks in South Carolina, what they did was they said, we don't go to Supreme Court because, you know, you're spending, you know, $400 on a black kid each year, but you're spending $6,000 on the white kid. So they said, you know what? Just give us the money, the same money. We'll educate yeah. our own kids. And yeah. that was on the Supreme Court docket, but they went with the Brown versus Board of Education. And they said, okay, well, instead of giving all these black folks money to teach themselves, we'll let them come to our schools so we can control the money. Regulate it, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and then we'll just segregate it once they get in school. Like, we'll just make up special ed categories and we can still segregate them in school because they can't go to the league private schools anyway. So, yeah, right. Always getting tricked. We, you know what I'm saying? Always getting tricked. We're too kind. You know, black folks are giving, man, from history. We, you know, giving people, dog, and we get, we get tricked all the time, man. Yeah, black folks are very. That's what I tell people. Yeah, America should be lucky. Black folks only want equality and not revenge. Right. <laughs> right. I've never had an issue. I never had a cat say, "When Obama becomes president, we're going to treat whites just like we've been getting treated for four hundred years." You know what I'm saying? I've never heard that, but I've heard white motherfuckers. Like it's a, it's unbelievable when you get a certain cat as the leader, so-called leader of your place, which is now in, in 1600 Pennsylvania Ave how many racists are now blatantly coming out with the, right. with the, with the flags and the, tr- you know, you never used to see that shit in Long Beach, Orange County. You've seen it everywhere on the freeways. And I'm sure the South is, is unbelievably bad if it's starting to get this way out in Cali, California, some places, but it, I, you know, like Spree mentioned, he rather know how you are than not know. And it's just showing to me, I agree with them on certain cases, but at the same time, it's like, damn, this is 2020, and now we have a president in office where cats are comfortable coming out being racist. They're comfortable coming out saying, there's a reason NFL and NBA ratings are this low, because they're taking a knee, and they have Black Lives Matter on the court, and it says in racism in the end zone, and 80% of those owners are putting money into what Republican fund for the presidency. That's the cold part about it. And that's why doc rivers, LeBron, Kawhi wanted to leave the bubble. And, uh, but first of all, you got to sharpen your own tool tools to, to before they go in the tool shed. Cause look, doc Rivers said, well, our Jalen Brown, I believe was the one that said, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm become pretty cool with, uh, Danny green, obviously, and we're the Lakers, but Jalen green's like, or Jalen Brown's like, where are y'all going to go? Because if we leave this bubble, I better be able to see your ass on the front line somewhere doing something. But you're not. You're going to go to Cabo. You're going to go gone fishing type of shit. And and it's like, what are you going to do, though? So don't just go out there and say. And then guess what? 20% of the NBA at that time was voted to re- register to vote. And Doc Rivers went off, they said. And, and Doc Rivers like, hold up. You want to leave and you're not even registered? And how are you all talking shit? Like, got to sharpen your own tools I, I think iron sharpens iron and i think that's the part like and i'll and i'll let you guys have it again but brianna taylor that was a huge thing and cardi b and um whoever megan the stallion make a song called wop wet ass pussy right that shit took over the brianna taylor discussion that shit was now let's let's wop video fuck all the rest 
Brianna Taylor's shit disappeared. Like it wasn't even talked about no more. So, you know, don't don't talk about it. Be about it. That's just how I am. And and, and, and the a kids lot of times too. Mm-hmm. If you really think about it, when you come to the just the different races, and I hate to say it because there's only one race is the human race. The only difference is I might have a more chemical in my skin than somebody else, but we're all the same race. So I like the so-called races. Yeah. But you think you think about it. What other race has some 19 to 25 year old person out as their spokesperson? You think another race is going to let Justin Bieber come out and make political statements when that dude is like 22 years old? Right. But for black folks, oh, they'll go find some hip hop artist that's sagging and say, you 23? Yeah, what do you think about this? What should we do about this? Somebody that don't even have the sophistication mm-hmm. to understand how this country works. And they'll go, and then as soon as said rapper, said athlete, the light switch comes on when they're 30 or whatever, they start talking some real stuff, guess what? They take them right out the limelight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and say, so, yeah, you can, go, you can go do something else now. We've done with you. Yeah, you waking up now. Yeah, you wake, you woke, dog. You got to yeah. go. <laughs> they don't want that, man. Yeah, they really, they really don't want it. And it all comes down to, like I said, if it wasn't for racism, you know, this country, we wouldn't even be here. And a lot of times, like black people don't understand their, their exceptionality, their power. Like literally, black Americans are the only ones in the country that can say these two things. We fought in every single war for the country. And our mother country never take up arms against the United States. Mm-hmm. I mean, no one else can can say that. And I'm not saying we're better than anybody, but no one else can say it. But that's the exceptionality. Uh, we're also the ancestor of all mankind, if you want to just go on skin color. Actually, if you do the research, documentation, you know, Dr. Wells wrote, a, uh, wrote about this in Journey of Man and, and Ryan Morris in the National Geographic. All the first people to set foot on every single continent, including North America, you know, were people of African descent. And so black people, the only people that has been enslaved by the Constitution, the Supreme Court, Jim Crow. Uh, Yeah. So you start looking at black people, you know, free labor was the basis of the American dream. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Black people created the the music, the dance, the Mm. slang. We know that patriotically fought in all these wars and helped them win. So you start talking about the exceptionality, but then we get targeted for just saying, you know what? We don't really like that. You know, I literally had somebody about a week ago, two weeks ago, tell me, why are these athletes taking a knee? They are, they make a million dollars. I'm like, well, just because somebody make a million dollars, you don't know right from wrong. I mean, you can't. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, you Ignorance is life threatening, go- brother. Yeah, you can't go out and 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 protest and and do that. And, but once again, this is where we are. Yeah, and you know it can be overcome by both black and white people because you know I know a bunch of white people that's not racist. Right. <laughs> yes, yeah, so unfortunately, them show up on juries. Are <laughs> right, right. Are they, on, right. are they not making public policy or running these institutions? But. So, hey, to, climb, to chime in on that segment, because I know Spree has this backdrops in there. 
so is that so that's your kind of before we get into it but i see kind of where you were leading to like you know i i agree the motherland and everything was created there um you know i had a debate with a buddy of mine who was uh you know spree knows him uh, miguel he was on netflix with me for a minute but uh, one of my cigar buddies um who was uh who was in the original x clan so if you remember the x clan the rap group yeah um he's original uh-huh. so he's a true historian of african-american culture all this stuff so we had a debate out because a buddy another buddy who was supposed to be on the show today who had to cancel because he had an emergency with his son but we were going to debate this because uh they had it out about it and and miguel's more africa is the motherland we're all we should be african-american my boy was like listen have you been africa which makes a sense and like you know and my, and my boy like no nah, i haven't and he's like i know and i don't know any black people that have been to africa and i and he was like when white Europeans came to America. We don't. We're not called European Americans. So, like, I do see his side of it. Like, they don't call whites European Americans. They do call blacks African Americans. But you know, I, I know, I know every African I've ever met hates y'all, motherfuckers. To be honest, and especially Spree's light skinned ass. So, you know, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, that's the debate I wanted to bring up. I, you know, I grew up with brothers, and I don't know one that's been to Africa. Um, although I do get it's the motherland, you know, I, I just kind of, why are white Americans, not European Americans, but blacks are African Americans. I mean, and that's why Margay, someone like you can shed a light on it. And I know Spree has his take, but you know, I mean, unless like, I understand unless blacks, black Americans are ashamed of this country because of slavery and shit. I see that too. And I, I see why I wouldn't be, I, I want to be called African American too. But is that, that was kind of my boy's take, but, uh, you know, unless you're, you know, I would love to uh, be convinced otherwise, because I don't know a real African who likes anyone, um, that are true brothers that I grew up with anyway. I know they have beefs. So I know Spree mentioned that, but, um, where's your take, Mark? Yeah, I mean, you just think because it's a motherland and we are from that, we are born and raised as far as our heritage, or is it just because, uh, or is that your take, or is it, uh, is it more deep? Well, I just, you know, African American for me is like a classification to identify. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes, like, when you talk about Europeans, mm-hmm. like, when no one else is around, they separate. Like, man, I'm German. Oh, no doubt. I'm yeah, Irish. yeah. With some black folks show around, they're yeah. like, "No, nah, we white," because <laughs> they yeah. get on the they, they get on the code. They yeah. got a code of conduct yeah. how they behave with yeah. us. Yeah, and, and I think sometimes with with black Americans or African Americans, you know, it's been so much done to us, mm-hmm. and so much of our memory erased. We have ancestral memory, but it's so much of our history, like. Most black people that say, well, or anybody, I know black history. Well, how much do you know before slavery? They can't even say anything. Mm-hmm. And I think some of the Americans here, black Americans, some of them are like, you know what? We're foundational black Americans. <laughs> like we didn't, we're not immigrants because we didn't ask to come here mm-hmm. and we didn't give up our citizenship. And some of you are like, well, black people was already here for anybody else anyway. <laughs> so I just think the term, African-American is it's a geopolitical term that was created, I think maybe by Jesse Jackson or something, just to give black folks a classification. And if you put it in the media enough, people are just going to start saying it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think some people are just kind of brainwashed to just say it. Because technically, 
uh, what, what's the white actress? Shalice Theron. She's from South Africa. She's she African-American, oh, yeah. too. <laughs> oh, I know. Charlize Theron? Yeah. Yeah, so so just a, it's just a... She finds you know, a, cl- a classification, yeah, yeah. <laughs> identification, you know. You start looking... I'm looking Got at ass. some of the backdrop on on Spree's deal. Well, those, those are the Moors. And yeah, actually, we got treaties over here, like in 17, our first treaty, Peace and Friendship Treaty, 1789, it dealt with the Moors. Like mm-hmm. it literally said, you can't kill a wounded Moor or you under the subject law of the land because Morocco was giving the United States so much money after the Revolutionary War. Or you got the Sundry Act of 1790, it said the Moors ain't under the Negro Act. But that's telling you the Moors are black. And you have Moors here. You see some old pictures of George Washington or whatever. They got them black dudes with feathers around. Them dudes ain't slaves. They, right, right. <laughs> yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so you start. Sometimes so, black people just don't know who they are. Yeah. Tell you the truth. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. And that's right. I don't. I just started. I've got these pictures of the Moors because I listened to a little podcast that talks, cat that talks about that and shit. But uh, I, that's my thing. I want to get more into it to. Uh, you know, what, go back to the check, history and really check it out. Well, check this out. I'm not cutting you off. The dude you got in the background right now, that's a drawing of Mansa Musa. That's the richest dude ever lived in the world. Man. That dude was worth over like $400 billion. That dude was so rich. He took a pilgrimage to Mecca and he gave away so much gold, it all set the economy. Wow. <laughs> and, you know, he inherited that throne. It's, a, it's He's from Mali. So that's West Africa. He inherited that throne. Because about 190 some years before Columbus came over here, his brother Abu Bakari II, he gave him the throne. He took about 200 ships and they bounced, and they came over to the Americas. Because see, the currents, well, Africa was the first ship builders, but the currents will take you from Africa to the Americas. Heck, you can get on the rowboat. They got a dude, yeah. Thor Nikendal, this white dude, Danish dude. He was like, "Look, I'm approved. Black people was here first. So this dude went and had some black folks in Africa from a rural place, not one of the modern cities, mm-hmm. had them build a, 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 a boat made out of a reef or something. And they followed them in a ship. No sail, no nothing. Took them dudes 30 days to get here. Wow. <laughs> He's going to show you the proof, you know, because there all this yeah. evidence. It was like, that's why hurricanes come from Africa. Hurricane, you know what hurricanes come from Africa? Oh, shit. Yeah, what happens, they got four belts, conveyor belts that come through the ocean. So when there's like humidity in the air and there's like a moist in the air and, and the temperature rises in the ocean, you got a wave that takes the same route as the slave ships because of the current. They hit the Caribbean, boom, they hit and that's what the hurricanes. And wow. that's the, like 80, 90 some percent of all hurricanes come from Africa. So yeah, I mean, it's so, and, and you know what? That's racist in itself is that you won't even tell people the real history of people or African descended mm-hmm. people because it's almost like you don't want people to like black people. Yeah. Right, you, right. you don't want them to yeah. think nothing positive of black people. So you're going to make all these slave movies and keep them in slavery and keep them subdued. They don't even talk about, you know, there were so many slave revolts during slavery. That's mm-hmm. why the Second Amendment came about. And I, I tell people now, we had Harry Tugman and she was a writer. She was kidnapping people, bringing them to safety. Before they had Harry Tugman, you know, the first underground railroad went to Florida because Spain owned Florida mm-hmm. and they wanted to keep it. So they were telling the black slaves, look, if you cross, you know, you get down to Florida, we'll give you guns, ammunition, you convert to Catholicism and you fight off the U.S., mm-hmm. you good. 
that's why St. Augustine and Fort Negro, that's why they were the first. Heck, Georgia wasn't even there. They made it a buffer between South Carolina because mm-hmm. what happened is so many of the slaves were going down those black Seminoles, John Horse, who's the greatest person in American history. I'm going to tell you why. They were going down there and they were going back, killing people and just taking slaves with them. Matter of fact, John Horse got emancipated. They were like, look, y'all can go. You mm-hmm. just stop killing people. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to tell you that story because that's the story when we was fighting. And they're not going to even tell you the story. They'll sit there and tell you, well, 1619 is when the first slave ship came. Well, that's not true. At the Petey River in South Carolina, 1526, the San Miguel de Guadalupe, they brought over 100 African slaves. And when they hit ground, the slaves kicked the Spanish butt and they bounced and they went to go live with the natives who looked like them anyway. And them dudes started and had to go back. But they're not going to tell you that story because it's black people being successful in resistance. Mm-hmm. They won't tell you John Horse is the only man to fight off the U.S. from two different countries. Wow. John Horse and the Black Seminoles is why they had to draft in the Civil War because two-thirds of all troops were down fighting them dudes in Florida and they didn't have enough people for the Civil War. And they were like, well, these cats over here, they, we got to do something. In slavery, these cats might stop because they, they were put... Actually, the Second Seminole War was really a slave revolt. And Andrew Jackson, Thomas Jessup, and in the Library of Congress, they got all their quotes talking about, this ain't no Indian war, this is a Negro war. Hell, mm-hmm. Chief, how many people are Florida State fans know that Chief Osceola's wife was black, and that's why he was fighting the U.S. because they killed Oh, yeah, him. my boy Travis talk about it all the time, like uh, the Seminole, like, yeah. shit. Yeah, them dudes, them dudes, just, you talking about, and you talking about, and the Seminoles is really the gullah, like South Carolina, the gullah Geechee, where Michelle Obama lineage go back to. Oh, uh, they was fighting the U.S. all so bad that they would just leave folks alone because these black folks, they hide in the swamps. Mm-hmm. And they weren't, you know, snakes. It didn't really bother them. So you can't come in those swamps with no horse and carriage. Yeah. And, you know, these cats, that's why all these wars we won, we was getting our butt kicking. They said, man, we got to get these black folks in there. And oh, they yeah. started going there. That's yeah. the Revolutionary War, 1812, Civil War, whatever. They were like, and that's why all the military schools were in the South because of all the slavery. So they're like, we yeah. got to train against yeah. these cats. Yeah. Fork Union, Virginia. Like all those schools, yeah. they started way back. People don't know. And actually, really, every military school in the world, they studied Hannibal Barca, who was a black dude that marched out of Africa through the Alps and went and killed like 2,000 Romans in six hours, <laughs> marching with elephants. That's why we marched with tanks. And, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, there's another thing that I want to tell you that what they'll do is anybody that was significant, Right. Before slavery, they'll be like, no, that dude was white. No, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> well, wait, the eyewitnesses said, nah, he, he still was. Look, hey, dog, 100 years from now, 500 years from now, I guarantee you Michael Jordan going to be white. Damn. That's cool right there. Yeah. yeah. Look, I want to answer a YouTube guy, uh, Alexandra uh, Avalos on here. He said, uh, they don't want to teach us about real history because the last thing the U.S. wants is to... Uh, disenfranchised black and browns to revolt. So, um, yeah, I do agree with that a little bit, uh, Alexander, on YouTube. Well, well, let's, let's, let's dig deeper. Yeah, here we go. We got a historian buff, so you know. Go ahead. Well, they, got a, they got a guy down in uh, Mexico, Gaspar Yanga. Uh-huh. Black dude, slave dude. The Spanish was treating him so bad. The, he was treating Mexicans and, and blacks so bad. That dude just up. They were killing so many Spanish people. They told them, look, 
we're going to put y'all in the hills. As long as y'all don't come down and kill nobody, you good. He was, they were, the, the, and the thing about it is, uh, the uh, Battle of the Pueblo, where Single de Mayo come from. Yeah. No, those was black ex-slaves fighting with those Mexicans against the French. Because Napoleon, he was trying to get a stronghold of Mexico because he thought the South was going to win the war because they was winning, and they fought them up. Blacks and brown have always fought together. Mm-hmm. Mexico got the independence from Vicente Guerrero. He got the independence from Spain, and first thing he did was abolish slavery and start a coin system and got rid of the caste system. That was a black dude. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Vicente, they still they got portraits, parks, all kind of stuff. And they don't claim yeah, it. Right. Yeah. Black and brown people say, look, you know, we the same people. Yeah. You know, we can fight oppression together because they got a history of fight. Because John Horse, what he did when he went to Oklahoma, they didn't protect them from the slave carriages in Texas. So they escaped and they went down to Texas and they put him, they made him an officer in the military. They was fighting off the U.S. down in Mexico. He actually yeah. died of his own recognizance on his family's estate playing with his like granddaughter. He's like 65. They ain't never killed his dude. But they'll never tell you about John Horse. They'll never talk about Gaspar Yanga or anybody else putting in putting in work. They'll never right. talk about the Deacons of Defense, who those people was watching over Martin Luther King at that at his Pettis Bridge that next on that second march. And they were like, yeah, if any of them fall, you fall. And they'll never talk about Ming Slide in Tennessee where they fought off the white supremacists are. Mm-hmm. So they don't want to tell us the things we did for ourselves. Mm. They'll keep you in that state of you were you were being oppressed, you were you were defeated, mm-hmm. you were this, you were that. Because they don't want you to know real history. Right. So no doubt. Uh I told you he was going to get deep, dog. <laughs> hey, you guys listening out there, hey, you're getting a history lesson, man, just so you know, uh, Coach Miller don't play around. Uh, Mark Gay, all the fans, everybody wants to know. I know myself is out the loop now, too, right now. Um, what is the state of football in the state of California as far as high school and JUCO? And and, and has it affected your livelihood uh, and those kids with the Zoom meetings, uh, keeping kids motivated, et cetera? Is this the most daunting task of your coaching career? I mean, that's that's got to be uh, – you're better than me, brother, because I don't know if I could do it, especially with the mask wearing and ha- trying to coach. And, you know, Gr- Gruden just got fined again because he's like, screw it. He, he drops the mask off his face. Um, uh, Bilicek. But, um, I mean, I know they're saying, what, March for high school or February? or I don't know. I think high school is – some high schools, CIF schools, and other, they're working out right now. They can train with their coach. Then, like, team-wise, I talked to a, yeah. somebody that was a softball coach. They said they could do stuff with their team. They're talking about high school practicing starting in December, start playing in January, something like that. JC-wise, we were on the calendar if you – Everything goes through. They're looking at January for a start of practice, February for the season. But the thing is, you coach the same kids I coach, Jason. Mm-hmm. A lot of these kids, you have to be engaged with them daily on campus. Oh, yeah. To make sure they're yeah, going yeah. to class. Yeah, make yeah. sure they're you, – you, you're giving them daily lessons, so you got to be engaged. Well, the NFL just proved why they're getting injured, yeah. and, and you're, we're expecting our JUCO kids to do it? Come on. And think about it, just for our kids to do right. Right, you know, just yeah. Some go of our kids, they're like, "Well, I'm taking the semester off." Yeah, was, you know. Yeah, like they got you know, like they're millionaires. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm on vacation. Kids are going. I, I was in the store the other day. I got one of my players. He's a butcher. 
in rocks. You know, cats are going Hell to get yeah. jobs. Hell yeah. You know, it's like the first thing from their mind. Yeah. Like, well, we can start coach. I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they got a life to live. And a lot of these kids is helping out at home. Yeah. Paying their own car note or contributing to the household. And Has it set us back? I, I, like, let's just say California. Let's just talk California. I mean, obviously, I've, I've got had the luxury of being in both national juco system and california for 15 years but what has it set the state back i mean obviously i compare it to you know people talk about the modern days and the boscos and this and this modern day plays bosco you might get five thousand people at a game that's huge in california tulsa oklahoma which is a town the size of long beach california every game in that city has forty thousand at their high school game so the buy-in to me from California compared to other states for football related, just for football coaches, for pay for coaches, uh, you, you know, coaches make a living and you don't have to, you don't, you don't make a $3,500 stipend for a year. Like I did for 15 years straight. Right. Cats actually make 90, hundred grand at some of those places in those other States, South Carolina's, Georgia's, Florida's, Texas. I mean, it's 56 full-time coaches at some of these powerhouse high schools in Texas. Like, that you can't even have you don't have 56 full-time coaches in the state of California junior college um so like you know that's just people don't understand has do you think it's set Cali back um as far as the persona of we're still top two three four or premier recruiting state in the country uh still do we have the best football um etc cetera, etc cetera. because I think that that narrative is kind of getting thrown out the window now well, yeah, you started looking at, we had the best quarterback, I think, the Garcia kid from Norbot. He transferred to the school down in Georgia. Yeah, yeah Valdosta. Yeah, Valdosta. And, and now he's ineligible, he started, huh? Yeah, I think the Booster Club or something, <laughs> they tried to say. And I got to get some signatures or something to play. <laughs> but he got a couple games in anyway. But And his parents yeah. got divorced. So that's motherfucker well, can play. I, I think what it was, they, got, <laughs> they legally separated. Right. It kind of might have been a wink, wink, nod, nod. I'm not sure. No doubt. No doubt. But <laughs> Had to be. You know, just, yeah, just to make things paperwork-wise. But um, you start thinking about it. Is it going to set us back? It can because now, you know, we got places now that don't want to pay the coaches. Mm. Well, right and, now they are? Uh, well, not really. But <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, they're not some places they're not paying the coaches. You mean right now during it's like a furlough or yeah, like during the pandemic and stuff, like coaching stipends and stuff. Wow. Assistant coaches. Wow. You coach Juco, all the assistant coaches got a job. Hell yeah. So if you're not full time, they're trying to say cut the stipends. We're not we can't pay the stipend right now. Well, in our district or well, our school, they they're talking like that. Shit. (laughs) Not official yet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's kinda And I'm sure high school's the same probably. Yeah, high school is probably the same, and because you know, you know, budgets and tax mm-hmm. receipts and money coming in, and people not working. Yeah, but just think about the players, JUCO wise. Right. You know, I might have a player. He live at home with his parents. They're working. They're kind of like, well, hey, as long as you go to school, do what you're supposed to, you're good. Yep. Hey, both the parents might be laid off right now. Yeah, I know. He might have to go to work. Yeah. And come back to go to school. I know. I know. Just to make just to make ends meet and Margay, let me ask you this question because you know not to name no names because we got friends in this profession, but there's coaches out there I see all over the country and JUCO in specific, and they are pro Trump, pro this, pro that. I, you know, I'm not a political guy, so obviously, we I actually knew 
Mr. Kane, who just passed away, a black supporter of Trump, who ran for president years ago. Um, Spree actually met him through me. Uh, he wanted to do a documentary on me. He owned a major media film company. Uh, Spree met him with me a few times. Uh, real brother, though. Real brother. And we, we actually talked, and I can't say things over the air, live that what he discussed and some things that opened me and Spree's eyes on, on the whole thing with him and Trump and how, why he was a black man supporting Trump, etc. But he died in a Tulsa rally uh, with, of COVID, right? Um, and... Uh, do you think you can be a coach right now, especially a white coach, and be that way as far as being a supporter of a Trump or in that in that language and coach community college inner city youth? Because uh, to me, I see it as a I just don't know if because uh, I don't know if I if I was an assistant coach, could I get my kids I recruited to play for this man who is on social media pro Trumping? I think there's an issue, dog. I, I would see it as an issue, and I got some friends that I think or thought were, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, this, 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 this Republican Democrat shit is like bloods and crips spree. I'm telling you, this is crazy, and I just don't know. Uh, is that something you even want to discuss, Margay? But that's something I think is real, and uh, it's it's kind of alarming, man. It's shocking me. I'm like, damn, how I don't know, man, if I could do that. Well, I just think that uh, with some of these coaches. It's one thing to be a Republican. Right. You know, you probably got a Democratic base with your players. It's mm-hmm. one thing to be a Republican. Yeah. It is another thing to openly support someone who has said racist things. I, I, on yeah. record, it's proven, though. It's like yeah, people are keep the, saying, where is it proven? What do you mean it's proven, dog? That's that's the thing. Like, how could you, like, say, if you white coach, you coach some black players, and I saw the documentary, I knew the story when they see us about the, Central Park Five. Yep, yep, yep. Where Trump put the full page ad in, talking <laughs> some teenagers to get the death penalty. Yeah. Proving that all these black kids and be a supporter of him. Open I, I, or you know he's got he's been sued for, you know. Um, well, not only all the people, you know, yeah, pedophile, for, but well, Biden wrote the crime bill, so he ain't no better. But right, still, right. Sometimes <laughs> I would say, and Kamala Harris put more blacks in jail than uh, both of them, man, but we're not man. even going to go there. Yeah, did I, I would think I would say this: If you're a coach, it's three things that I was taught: religion, income, and politics. Mm-hmm. Don't discuss it. I, exactly, I'm the same way. And don't and same don't put way. it on social media. Yeah, you never heard me just, say it. Nope. Yeah, just kind of just leave it clear. You That's not my lane. Because yep. you're safe. Yeah. If you if you're not talking about those three things, because you, you don't know what kid which way that kid is leaning, and you got to coach him, you want him to run through a wall for you, you want him to buy in. So if, the less we know about each other's parts on that, it, it brings it brings out emotions like yeah. Trump call, like you know, for years our kids, you know, we stand for the national anthem during the games, right? Yeah. So after the Kaepernick thing, when Trump called yep. the kid the uh, player SOBs or yeah. whatever, yeah, I go out the next game. I'm the only one standing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> I got a kid doing the coin toss. He on the knee with his fist, holding his fist in the air. Damn. <laughs> on the knee, and, you know. And see, uh, see, Margay, I had the same issue in Kansas. I got these kids from all over America. That that whole Kaepernick thing happens. We, we go out to Iowa, okay? You're talking about a big-time racist state. We go out there to play. We're, we're actually, we get... We have we're eating dinner in face of racist 
uh, some cats. And we're like, so I, I'm like, you know me, I'm about to trip and beat some old redneck's ass. And uh, I got, we got, and Netflix is there. So we, I got to get out of there, get the kids out. Obviously, they're being told, they're being called names, Margay, in a fucking restaurant. So anyway, we go to play, and this is the same time, and I got a kid trying to take a knee during national anthem. And I'm like, no, 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 no. So I wasn't, I was smart enough to keep them by the locker. I wanted to keep all yeah. the kids by the locker. At the same time, we had one white kid, a kicker. And I was like, look, get your ass up. So I cussed the kid out. Um, and uh, the next day, I bring him and the other kid that wanted to do it in my office. And I'm like, you got 10 seconds to tell me why you were taking a knee. And they were, they were sitting there, and they're like, uh, this teacher told us to. And I said, if you say Kaepernick, if you say Kaepernick, I'm going to cut your ass. So I said, you better have you. Now, if you all want to take a knee and you have your own rationale, personal belief, then that's one thing. Because another cat told you to do it is a whole other thing. I want you to learn and be yourself you know, self-aware of your own, be the CEO of yourself. Go figure out really why you want to do this. Don't do it because someone else did it because you don't know their real background. They could be doing that shit for false propaganda for your ass. <laughs> so he, he, they're like, Coach, they, and this is actually, uh, they told me that a teacher on our campus told them to do it because of the uh, Pledge of Allegiance uh, history. And I said, listen, if you would have told me that's fine, and if that's your belief, fine. But you don't know the whole. You don't even know what you're doing. You're just doing it. And I, so my whole thing was quit, uh, quit allowing these kids to be followers. I wanted them to be their own man and leaders because, end of the day, Margay, they're gonna go work for a dude with my skin tone, man, and they don't give a shit about them. And, and so that's why you know, with my players or anybody, I don't discuss a lot of my political views and things because right. I'm not trying to influence nobody. Right. Exactly. It's your own stuff. This ain't this ain't for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not trying to influence nobody. I tell them, you know, I don't take a knee because that's just not my way of protesting. Right. Right. I'm not going to discourage anybody else. Me neither. Like I want to stand tall. Like I want to be that alpha. I want to show force. Like you know what I'm saying. I I can't do it on a knee. When the national anthem is playing, I'm not even hearing the national anthem. I'm either. I'm so hyped for kickoff. I, I never have in my life. I know. I'm already. I don't even hear nothing. I'm just sitting there thinking about whatever. I'm, you know, first after the kickoff, boom. You hear those yeah, pads I'm hit. Here. I'm thinking when this song gonna be over with. I'm ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's right. Going, you know, and a lot of times I never liked the national anthem anyway because the third stand is about killing slaves. Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm saying. That's why this lady taught a couple kids that, and then the kids went and did it. And I said, listen, you don't. You don't listen to anything that I tell you about getting a scholarship. So I know you ain't listening to her about the damn yeah. national anthem. You just heard some right. shit and you want to go do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Your ass can't stay out of Walmart and still in candy bars. So I know your ass ain't listening to that shit because that's going to affect your scholarship, motherfucker. So you know how it go. Um, the good thing yeah. on that is, is, I mean, just opening their eyes up. You know what I'm saying? They got to follow something. I mean, like, even yeah. like Mark Gay said, he don't really get into it. Yeah. But if coaches like Margay, you know, just kind of at least just open a book for him and say this is mm-hmm. to, to give them uh, something to look at. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? To dig oh. in there on their own. Nah, uh, you'd be nah. the one to say, check it out. Yeah. Yeah, now, yeah. I talk to kids about history now. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I break yeah, it down yeah. for them all the time. Okay. Okay, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, as far yeah. as, but as far as something like, because, you know, Jason, you know, if a kid takes a knee during the national anthem, there could be repercussions for that. Uh-huh. And so if a kid is going to put himself out there like that, I want it to be his decision. That's from my point. Hell yeah. I don't want you to take repercussions on something I told you to do. Yep, exactly right. All That's right. why I told the kid that. 
Why you believe in like, this teacher? Go find yeah. out the real about yourself. Like, yeah, if it's something you want to do, mm. cool. Because <laughs> you setting them up, Margate. You're just setting them up to follow the rest of their life. They're gonna make. They're gonna follow the leader. Yeah, exactly. It's like your, your neck on the line for this. Mm-hmm. So, and that's why when I do stuff, I might do it away from campus. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want y'all even involved mm-hmm. in how I'm gonna protest. <laughs> and that's my point. I, I've been seeing these coaches posting things, and I'm just like, wow, you coach JUCO. And it's just right. like, it don't go. It's oil and water, in my opinion. But, you you can be Republican, like you said, but there's some and, definite infinity. And, and, guess, and guess what? Those are the same coaches that don't have black kids graduating. <laughs> Probably right, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're the same coaches that – not doing like say what Jason Brown does, cussing mm-hmm. the kid out because he ain't turned his progress report in. Right, they 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 yeah, they not cussing him out for that. They cuss him out because they dropped the ball. He dropped yeah, the yeah. ball. We go to show if, like, say like a Jason Brown, you ain't even got to be good for him to want you to get education. Hell no. Like some of these coaches. Oh yeah. Unless you, unless you can outrun Jesus with a football, they ain't messing with you. Yeah, you got all PE classes. Just throw them in there. Yeah, just throw him in there. You know, you're on your own when the season over with. Sprino, shit, he played JUCO. We all were in the bullshit classes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so I didn't see coaches like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, so those are the same ones that just see these kids as a meat market. Like, you can make me some money yep. or some, bring me some prestige, get yep. me promoted, and that's all you can do for me. And they're pieces of meat. The babies are pieces of meat in the market, man, and it's been that way. Yep. I mean, we've seen yep. it. Uh Hey, back to YouTube real quick. Uh, Alexander also, he said uh, he thinks this is why Trump is pushing for a patriotic education. That's why there's so much conservative resistance towards ethnic studies because they are scared of the black and brown uh, reunite. I mean, you know, well, so the thing about it is, yeah, he, he's right because you get a patriotic education. So you grew up in America. You learn that, okay, well, white males invented everything, created everything, and everything good about America. <laughs> but if you really dove into the history, you'll start thinking, because everything is for white male self-esteem in education. Small or, dick syndrome is called, yeah. Yeah, anything for <laughs> their self-esteem. So if you really look at it, mm-hmm. think about it. How many heroes that are white that came from the South, other than John Brown. Mm. Now, if you got in school and you really start talking about that, well, you, okay, you could talk about George Washington. Well, he owned slaves. And he pulled and, teeth out their mouth to put them in his. And he was screwing them and had babies. Yeah. That's why, that's why the, yeah, him and his, him and I think him and his son had about 70 of them. But anyway, that's why the one lady that actually lived in the house with him, she escaped. Yeah. Most of the people who escaped was house slaves. And you look at Thomas Jefferson. Okay, well, he was a president. He helped us through the Barbary Wars. But hey, he was a pedophile. <laughs> and then he, he had the babies. And he put them right back in slavery. He put his own kids in slavery. Yeah. They wouldn't even claim the kids. So it's like everywhere you, you turn, you start looking at, okay, where's the heroes? Where's the heroes? And then you get self-esteem beat down. So if you got a patriotic education, you're not – Number one, you're not talking about anything relevant with black history other than they want to work free for the rest of their lives. And right. you start talking about that, you start talking about, dang, well, why is it that literally the United States, hey, we've been a country for like 246 years, an official country, 
all but like 13 of those years we've been in military conflict with somebody. Right. Well, hell, that ain't right. nothing to be proud of. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like, you think about it, like, damn, we've been in military conflict. We'll travel and across seas and go start a war with somebody. Oh, yeah, just to take something. Yeah, just to, yeah, just to take something, uh, dominate. Then, then, on top of that, when some black folks want some reparations, it's like, well, no, nah, we can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> we ain't got uh, money, but my reparation package is, it ain't got to do with money. This is right. my repar- reparation package. I got three things we should ask for reparations. You want to hear them? Yep. <laughs> Give black people back control of black music. That's one. Wow. Mm. Number two, give black people the licensing for all the inventions they made in this country. Yeah, there's a lot that Which, they don't get credit for. I know. Like that microphone you're talking into, a black dude West did that. But anyway, and then <laughs> number three, give black people back all the land that was stolen from them before Jim Crow and during Jim Crow. Yeah. Now, and that ain't, that ain't giving, That's, you ain't got to write a check to do that. Yeah, yeah. Get those things back. Let that be our reparation package. Hey, just on Prince Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston catalog alone, <laughs> <laughs> we'd be straight. No shit. No shit. And black people and black people walked away from billions of dollars in real estate. That's how most black people in California. That's how they got here. Mm-hmm. Someone came and said, "Hey, sign over your property. Are we just going to take your property? Are we going to kill you?" They yeah. they left. That's how my grandpa. That's how my grandmother got here. Take they her her daddy, my great grandfather. He had a doctor divinity for Morehouse. He was in Augusta, had some lake property, had a business, and they was like, "Hell nah!" They came to him. They're like, "No, nah, we want your property." He's like, "No." They had like a little shootout. We were gone that night wow. <laughs> because yeah, they like what well, the police clan. They all the same. They coming back. We can't. You know, we don't have the military power. So that's how most people left and cover a wag up. I saw That's Bill right. Russell document that left Louisiana like that. Oh yeah, yeah. So I know. like I said, just give us our property back. And you asking too much now, Margay. You, hey, you know what? <laughs> hey, like asking, I said, we gonna keep not. it keep it one hundred. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but, Hirosh- but Hiroshima could get bombed, and then they just they, they could get all kind of money and loans and come over here and uh, set up. Shop. Hey man, you, you know you know the Marshall Plan was how they built up. You know Europe after World War Two, mm. <laughs> so we, we'll go, we'll go tear up a country and build it back up. Yeah, but but then they'll come burn up a black neighborhood and just be like, "Hey, why y'all not doing better?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no shit, man. No shit. Ooh, it's a cold game. Hey, so yeah, is is JUCO and Cali gonna come back and play, or what's the story on that on the junior college situation in California? Well, they had some voting and stuff done with our board. Back in, yeah. out of turn back in July. Yeah, yeah. They agreed to a calendar. Mm-hmm. I think a few things got to be finalized. Uh, my philosophy, personal philosophy, not anybody else's. I just want to see. I start evaluating after November 4th, the day after the election. Because oh, no things may open up, things may close, but things may be politically based. So mm. I'm going to wait and see after the election. And, you know, but in the meantime, I just suggest everybody, you eat right, keep your immune system up. Uh, Hmm. When you watch the news, look at what they're not saying. (laughs) Because we're in a pandemic and your immune system and pre-existing conditions, which will cause a death, then why are we going to McDonald's? (laughs) 
Why is it still open? Lower, yeah. Yeah, it would lower your immune system. But so you could you could sit in line. You could order DoorDash from a restaurant and somebody make your food, you yeah. ain't seen them make it and deliver your food, you ain't seen them. No doubt. That's why I don't let that I don't do that shit, man. I've never done that DoorDash shit. I'm cooking my own yeah. shit. I'm gonna see what yeah. I buy and cook. Yeah, I cook my own stuff too. I like I don't even mess with it like that. But like you said, Margay, there's reasons eight year olds are having periods already. Because yeah, this processed food, I mean, it's already bad enough I got to buy the chicken, but at least I'm going to cook it myself. I don't want to see the motherfucking McDonald's that I don't know who just coughed all over his shit, who just had a nasal drip touching right. my shit. Yeah, he ain't using no gloves to cook or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, you don't know if this dude's sick. That's what I'm saying. How's, how do we know what McDonald's are? Are they testing and giving us the results? Because I ain't yeah. seen nobody at uh, at Walmart serving giving me my food that I buy either. That's the other part about it. But baseball players, Margay, they want to, they want to, they want to uh, bitch and moan and suck their teeth. And uh, they, these cats are bitching and moaning over hundreds of millions. And you got dude at Walmart making ten dollars an hour. He he can't do nothing but go to work, and he has to go to work. You you don't even have to, go to, to work. go to work. Right, right. He got to go to work. He got. You know, I go out walking about three miles a day. So I run into one of my ex players working for Amazon. So mm-hmm. He's in my part of town. You know, I, I run into him a couple of times a week, each week, delivering packages, mm-hmm. and, you know, dropping them off. But he got to work. Yeah, he got to. I mean, you know, he don't have that. He don't have that option. He can't go do something else because he, he'll just be unemployed. He was like, you know, I tell him, hey, man, eat right, keep your immune system up, exercise, yeah, the sunlight, and you know, you can, you know, you'll you'll make it through. And you got all these people showing up positive, but they're asymptomatic. Well, right. Guess what? Right. Dude, that Popeye might be asymptomatic too. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right, right. Cam Newton asymptomatic. So is Bobby Bowden. Yeah, so Bobby Bowden. Yeah, so ninety years old. So yeah, it's 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 an interesting time. And man, I just think that I think this COVID shit. Me and Spree been saying. I think it's a flu on steroids. I think it's something that we're gonna either have to face. Uh, and fight, or you're gonna fear it and run, man. I mean, we got to do something, but I I just can't stand the start and stop of everything that we're doing. Like, don't don't start, and then Notre Dame gets 28 COVID positives and can't play the next week against Je- right. Georgia Tech. Like, don't play that. Like, I, I, that's just my whole thing. We're playing in the unknown, and that's why I think the risk outweighs the reward with our kids because they're actually the the they're they're being treated as the you know they're the puppets in the puppet master uh puppet show and it's like you don't have nothing to do that's why i hate it when the big 10 and the pac 12 kids stopped the protesting of the demands they had wanted when they told them oh we're not going to play now and then they start hashtag we want to play nah like you said margay uh screw a protest boycott because You know, Ed O'Bannon, who I went to high school with, had to sue the NCAA just to get the discussion on the table right now. For That's the only reason it's even in the discussion to pay college players. And right. even then, I don't believe it's going to really work out for the players. I still think it's going to end up being controlled. And, uh, you know, how many – let's be honest. On Alabama's team right now, you, if, if you were a super fan, you're probably only buying the quarterback's jersey and uh, – a, a, a damn jersey that has Saban's name on it or something. You're not right. buying the left tackles jersey and a linebacker. Yeah. They're not making no money, dog. That's why I said pay them for their five years of service at the school that a scholarship allows. Give them this. Give every single person on scholarship. Pay them for their duration of their ten semesters. And Screw their know, jersey sales. And you know what they could do? 
they can say, look, we play, we're going to take a percentage of all proceeds and we're going to put it in trust. Yeah. Yeah. So when you, so when you finish or Mark gave not to cut you off or when you blow your knee out and you're not allowed to play in the NFL and I see where you were going, Margay. Go ahead, finish. Yeah, treat it like a retirement plan. Like yeah. Look, if you play here four years, yeah, this is how much you're getting in your uh, the trust. We're going to write you a check, and this is what you're going to start your life out with. Mm-hmm. Just because you made us millions of dollars. Or if you play three years and go to the league, this is what you get. If you play one year and quit, this is what you get. Yeah. But let the kid walk out the door was something okay. because think yeah. about it. you could play and not go to the league. You could you could have your degree, but you ain't got no work experience. You gonna be pumping gas. Nah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and there's only a few coaches. That's why I say I hate this. You know, doing the same shit over and over and expecting a different result is the definition of insanity. We all know. Presidents and ads at these four year schools continue to hire the same recycled people that just did the same shit at the last place. And now you think they're going to come in and do something different and you're going to pay them $10 million. There's two coaches out there who we can argue still can't even write a public statement about black kids in a timely fashion without a publicist. But at least these two places, Dabo and Saban are getting their kids back to school. If they don't make it in the NFL or give them GA jobs or something. Those are the two that I can, I know. I know James Franklin does a pretty good job of it. I know there's other places, but I'm only reason I'm saying those two is because those two do that. Plus win. There is no other coaches winning national titles. Ed Ogeron, as we both know, Ed really well, great dude and everything. I just don't think he was a head coach. I still think, I think it's going to be proven again. I think he had a one hitting uh, one hitter wonder every one once in a while we get these teams with great coordinator, great quarterback, great team. And uh, you can see now that those guys are gone and they're struggling. But my thing is like, you know, there's really two guys that deserve the nine and $10 million a year and everyone else, um, you know, why not open it up to a guy like us? That's not say you were chasing it anymore, but but there's a lot of guys we know and we coach with that are as good or, or better that don't get the recognition because they don't know, you know, it's who you know, it ain't what you know. But why not get, let's pay me 500 grand, for instance. And I'm not boast. I'm not trying to fucking advertise for myself, but let's pay a cat like me 500 grand to take the job over at uh, Florida State. And I'll, give me a salary pool of a million and a half or whatever they give them. Let me go get a staff and then. I have to prove myself to even make any type of money near what you were just about to pay um, Norvell or whatever. They won't do it, dog. They don't. They, the presidents and ads continue to hire the same dude that just got his ass whipped at Georgia Tech the year before. So you're gonna hire the same guy though. Like, come on. Yeah, man. it blows my mind. Sometimes these ads and search firms they got they hiring guys they had a prior relationship with. Oh yeah, it's all it's all yeah. Look at Arkansas and uh, the AD and, and KU. KU's AD hires Les Miles. Margay, me and you both know Les Miles' words are being are being are going in one ear and right out the other of that young black kid. I'm just let's be real. Them motherfuckers ain't listening to that 75 year old dude no more, man. This is a young man's game. Like, come on, man. It's like it's it's crazy, man. Um, yeah. So you, and you get these and they pay these coaches. All this money, and this thing—if you make it nine million dollars out of school—is <laughs> is really worth more than that because the town you in oh, don't yeah. pay for nothing. Oh, and incentives, and private incentives. jet, golf yeah. club. 
Yeah, you don't pay for nothing. I mean, that, you just pocketing that money. Margay, we're pushing two hours, and we'll get off after this note. <laughs> but let's talk about this real quick, Spree, just so you know. The 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 most the highest paid president of these big time colleges make four hundred thousand. So you can't sit here and tell me that football does not bring in the, the damn revenue for your institution when you have to pay the coach nine million dollars when the president of your institution makes four hundred grand. That's it, there's no really no other argument to be made about it. Like well, people that say, President like, Alabama said about Nick Saban, he said, "Hey, we getting a bargain." Yeah, 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 we're getting a bargain. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, as he goes to the NFL, he'll get $15 million for a year. And, you know, I don't know, man. It's crazy. You know, the thing about it, Jimbo Fisher's at A&M, $10 million or whatever. Or or he get, what, did he get 10-year, $100 million? Um, 10 million. 10-year, $75 million. Okay, $7.5 million. Plus, you know he gets more than that from, ty- right. from oil sharks there because that's an oil town. But he hasn't done nothing. He's getting his ass whooped every week. Like, you pay me $7.5 million to get my ass whooped. Dog, give me two hundred fifty grand, and I'll settle out of court for nothing. <laughs> A slip and fall. Give me $25. Dog, I'm just saying, like, two hundred fifty. give me two, give me five hundred grand. I'll go in there and do better than what fucking he's doing right now. I wouldn't have got beat by Alabama by 35. Come on, man. I know, man. It's, yeah. It's, it's crazy, it's, dog, because these kids are starting to understand. It's a racket. The kids are understanding now. Like, we talked to Darren Bates and his brother yesterday playing the league right now. They're like, Coach, what makes you a great recruiter? I said, listen, when I walk into your home, we may call our kids dumb, the R word nowadays you can't say. All these people get call these kids all these names. One thing they're not they're not stupid, dog. They'll see right through a bullshit cat. They'll see through if you're lying to them. They'll see through if you if you're telling them if you can't coach. He may not pass SAT, ACT, or what all these these bullshit tests that they are anyway. But I'm sure, culturally biased test at that. But this right. but you sure can see through if you're BSing me and if you have my best interest at heart. Those kids will surely tell you that, and they'll know that when you walk in the home and. What's sad about it, Margay, is the black assistant coach who actually is signing these kids. It ain't the head coach that's signing them. Come on now. Right. And then guess what? Those cats, to me, are the ones that, have the, that can make the difference. And I know I've, I've had it out with a few of my buddies that are assistants. They're like, JB, come on. I'm not going to say names to put them on blast, but they're like, come on, JB, what am I going to do? Get fired? I said, I know, dog. I get it. I understand. But it's, again, like you said, it's slave labor. You working for the man, and you got to go get the kid. You got to make sure he ain't stealing, robbing, thieving. You got to make sure he's in class. And you got to make sure he's listening to that white dude that really can't even write a Black Lives Matter statement when shit gets real in America. And you got to be the one (coughs) that makes sure he doesn't talk about racial discrimination too much. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You got to do that, too, on top of all of it. But guess what? The minute the kid got some kind of problem, the coach called you to go talk to him. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah, he can't bring you in and talk to you. And then he's in the booster meeting and he's, you know, private jet dog. Why, why are we still going to these schools, though? That, but that's what I'm saying. Stop that's going to these fucking schools. Hey, I tell you, listen to this story. Okay, you remember Hugh Freeze at Ole Miss, right? Yep. Remember when Obama was reelected in November 2012? Mm hmm. So this is what Ole Miss police department said they said they had a big bonfire out there an anti-obama rally and they was they said they heard every racial epithet in the book of, towards obama 
dog, three months later in February, they had the number one recruiting class in the nation. Yeah. Wow. yeah. So you got these down. The parents and the kids, they're like, well, we don't care about that. Mm, yeah. <laughs> right. They got Confederate flags waving. We don't care about that. Mm-hmm. They, they N-word Obama this, N-word Obama that, but we still going to send the top recruits in the nation. Yep. They got the number one recruiting class three months after they give an anti-racial protest Obama rally. Yep. And, and ain't nobody looked and said that that's crazy. Yeah, no, it's happening every day. Like it happens at these schools. That's why I'm saying I just, everyone came out and said, well, Dion's going to walk into your home and it's a wrap. I asked Spree on live air. I said, Spree, does your son even know who Deion Sanders is, dog? No. <laughs> no shit. No, it's not a rap. We've had stars. Mike Singletary uh, got, had a fucking altercation with Vernon Davis on the sideline. Right. Cats don't care no more. They worried about video games and shit. They don't give a shit about who Deion Sanders is no more. He's not going to out-recruit Alabama. It just is what it is. I don't care if he has T.O. and... Warren Sapp. I don't give a shit, dog. First of all, these cats ain't never coached ever anyone, number one, other than Youth Pop Warner and, and, and Dion's high school team, our son. But, dog, where's the credibility to getting kids to the NFL? Now, unless it's just a straight pro-black thing, my son, I'm taking my kid to play for Dion because it's a black school. You got to really sit there and make an educated guess for your kid, too, now. Like, okay. I know this dude might be sideways racist. I don't know, but my kid's going to have a better shot to go to the NFL. That's what these cats, that's why you got to, it's tough, Spree, like you say. It's just a hard situation to me. I mean, it's easy to say, let's go black colleges, but at the same time, how many kids are getting drafted out of black colleges? And the thing about it is, too, it comes down to allocation of resources, facilities. Yeah, yeah, people want to be in that pretty shit. If you, if you got Alabama recruiting you and they're talking about, well, we got 10 <laughs> full-time strength coaches <laughs> yeah. and you can eat anytime you yeah. want. Lobster. This is, yeah, this is what our, you know, we close everything down and it's just football eat at this time. We got three <laughs> full-time chefs. Football weight room. We don't got to share it with any other sport. We, yeah, this is, our, this is our learning center for tutoring. Each kid got three computers by themselves in it and they got a tutor assigned just to them. You know, you get so much resource allocations you'd be like but look kid might be like look i am pro black dog but <laughs> yeah you know how it is i'll donate some money once i get paid but i gotta <laughs> right hey over and over Margate, we get bought out every fucking time the parents yeah. get bought every yeah. Yeah. when we gonna stop when we gonna stop the fucking the bullshit yeah it's called it's, it's, it's gotta it's gotta be a code of conduct well we don't have a code of conduct and we're so easily influenced by trinkets uh, and and bills and whistles and it's like well we'll give you this and we'll this is what we got and then you're looking at the other place is like the only thing they got is you know it's hbcu yeah. <laughs> which is cool like florida state for years i remember seeing the article in sports illustrated the reason florida state was getting so many good football players during bobby Bowden, because hell it was across the street from florida a and m so yeah. the black kids would go over there and party. It's like, well, hey, we partying with the black school. We having fun, but we just play over here. Right. You're right. Damn. Exactly. <laughs> look at look at look at look at you know, you got the the, the Spelman, Spelman's of the of the of the uh, you know, there's four colleges right there. You got a Taco Bell in the middle of campus. Everybody congregates at the same Taco Bell, chills, goes to the same parties. You got a campus, you know, you got all those schools on one campus in Atlanta. It's like but they go to Georgia Tech. <laughs> Right. So, <laughs> shit. I mean, think about it. You know what I'm saying? Or they go to, or they go out to, you know, Cairo or Georgia or wherever they go, you know, Athens. So, yeah. I mean, 
And you're right, Spree. It's going to take a concerted effort, kind of like, well, look, we're going to have to, if we're going to make a change, if we're going to make a difference, we might, we might have to take a step back from the material things and the trinkets and say, look, we might have to go play at Alcorn. Yeah. Over. Yeah. Steve McNair. Yeah. Yeah. Over Ole Miss. Yeah. Or, I mean, you know, some of these, some of these schools, they got Confederate monuments right on campus. Yeah. Yeah. Dorm named after some slave owner and you yeah. know, they got all kinds of stuff. Like, See, Margay, if a cat like me, I don't care if I go to Jackson State or Ole Miss, I'm going to get the best players in America. That's me talking about because I'm going to go right. to that school. But see, there's not a lot of. To me, you got to get that coach that takes that black college that's cr- not only credible, kids believe in them, can recruit and sell water, uh, sell ice to an Eskimo, but they're going to have to believe and it's going to have to have a little bit of uh, reputation as far as having guys in the league or what have you. And sometimes, uh, and sometimes too, we got some black coaches that jump shit from the black colleges. Yeah, all the time. And I'm mean, be honest, Margay, we know, I, I, and I got good friends coaching it, the quality of coaching, to be honest, at that level is not the same. And that's what it's, it's truth. It's her truth hurts. But at the same time, it's like there's a reason to. And uh, that's why I say I think the colleges have to get legitimate bona fide coaches in there at that level if it's ever going to change. And I just don't think they can ever ante up the money to get that guy yeah, when he's money, getting thrown. Say, he's getting thrown. He's getting thrown. Sarkeesian, our boy, makes almost a million and a half dollars as an OC in Alabama. He makes more than every Pac-12 coach be- besides two head coach yeah. as a coordinator. So, you know, who, why, why, why is he going to go to fucking Moorhead or wherever? You know what I'm saying? Come on, dog. You don't yeah. even have the whole salary is not even that much at Moorhead State. Yeah, it's just it's the money in in those schools. They're state colleges like the HBCUs, but they're allocating more resources to them, just like the public school system. Same thing. Yep, yep. They get allocated more resources. Just like you know, we know you you can live in Compton, but you could be school all over any place. No, I know because those other schools you go to, they got more resources allocated to them. Right, right. Your parents would be like, "Well, hey, you know, we live in Compton, but." Right, you know, you can't be looking like well, I go to Artesia High School. Right. They got this, they got that. Yeah, yeah. you know, James Harden you know. went there, and Ed O'Bannon went yeah. there, and you know, there's history. Yeah. You know, Willie McGinnis so, went to know. Poly. I'm gonna go to Poly. Uh, you know, yeah, that. there's a resource allocation, and that's the, and that's the one thing they hold. Hey, put it this way, yeah, we we know it. Uh, in racism, white supremacy, they control all areas of activities: mm-hmm. education, economic, entertainment. Labor, law, religion, war, politics, mm-hmm. they control it. Mm-hmm. So they determine who gets the money mm-hmm. and they determine everything. They'd be like, hey, well, you know what? We gonna just, like you got, like your boy from Louisiana, they got those parishes down there where black folks live, but they got some toxic waste dump there. Yeah. So they just said, you yeah. know what? We just gonna put the toxic waste dump there. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where we're going to do all our waste. And who cares if they get cancer and start dying? Yeah. Or if the waste dump was there first, they said, well, through redlining, we're just going to put them there and not us. Tuskegee experiment type shit. Man, Tuskegee experiment. Man. And Keith Maxwell was worse. That the dude in South Africa. The dude opened up a clinic. He was injecting folks with AIDS. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, dog. Yeah, Population control. Of, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they got all kinds of stuff they do. That's why I keep saying it. We got to look at our exceptionality. You know, we've been treated a little bit different than everybody else. But uh, yeah. without us, 
who who you think built the roads, the high? It wasn't no country without us. Hey, we won the Revolutionary War, the Civil War, and <laughs> all the inventions we made. Hey, you you can't even use a cell phone if black people never existed. Right, right. right. Caller ID, black right. folks. Video surveillance, yeah. black folks. High speed internet, uh, black folks. The PC, cotton gin. Yeah, yeah. You know, you talking about transporting food across state lines through refrigeration system well black person did that the stoplight a black automatic gear shaft a black person <laughs> helicopter a black that's it and they don't even give us credit alone but they don't even give us licensing for our inventions right it's like we we did that it wouldn't even be no need for reparation that would be the reparations no yeah no doubt no it's doubt probably, probably why integration into there's like many black folks we ain't letting them read or do nothing and they still inventing everything. We need their minds <laughs> at our school. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> Shit. Hey, well, hey, Margale, any last words, man? We appreciate you coming on, dog. We appreciate We've been on two hour, ten minutes, dog. I, I might have to make this a movie. I don't even know if I can put it up on podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys follow Margale Miller, man. Go, go support him once the season starts. California Gats. You guys go watch West LA Junior College. Um, I know you guys participate out here in, uh, Hey man, shit. Well, Wish you the I'm best. You're doing good, Jason. Was was your life? I'm proud of you. Nah, I appreciate you, brother. You, you overcome some things, you know, as a youngster. Yeah. But uh, yeah. it goes to show that if you're a fighter like you are, if you're a battler like you are, you always come out on top. You got a lot of natural talent. Yeah. Because you're pretty intelligent, so you got a lot of natural God gifts in you. Nah, just, I appreciate you. Glad you're using them the right way. Yeah, man. You sacrifice a lot of your personal gain to help a lot of people. You know, Jason, he'll, he'll give his shirt off his back to help a kid. No doubt about that. Yeah. So appreciate it. Appreciate you. I'm glad you. I'm, uh, I'm a follower of yours, a fan of yours. I'm glad you're doing a lot of good things out there in the world. No, nah, I appreciate it. I'm glad you meet a lot of prominent people. And I hope yeah. We'll see if something happens really, out of it. <laughs> yeah. That they realize that, you know, you could be good. Uh, spring, yeah. You know, keep doing your thing. You're a good dude, too. And, you know, do do your thing. I, I know you and Jason are road dogs. <laughs> and, you know, y'all hold each other down. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and that's you know that that's good. And I'm happy for both you guys. Nah, guys no doubt. But the best. No doubt, hey, man. Kudos that. to you, dog. Shit, you've been through it worse than us, brother. Shit, you made it. You stronger than ever, cat. <laughs> shit, spree. We remember this cat lost a ton of weight. Did his thing. Said, "I screw it. I'm gonna do it." That's why I tell people every day. I said, "If you tell, if you say you're gonna do something, go do it. Don't don't talk about it. Be about it." You know, he did it. He was about it. So, be about it. Yeah. All right. Hey, I appreciate you guys, man. And uh, hey. Been it's been great informative, man. Everybody on YouTube's raving about it, so we, they all appreciate the history lessons and everything. So been good. All right, let's go take on the day. Hey, no doubt, great day to have a great day uh, for the real coach JB Spree and Mark, Coach Miller. I appreciate you guys. Uh, all, right. all right, guys, peace. Hope this ain't my last chance for me will i take it to the top we gon see it's the last chance for you last chance for me it's the last chance for you last chance for me will i make it will i take it to the top we gon see it's the last chance for you last chance for me it's the last chance for you last chance for me